Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Brothers Grimdark, where we cover the demon law. Something we are hyped for. Be careful, if we start talking in reverse, immediately switch off your computer, because we have indeed possessed something by accident. We've possessed something. Not something's possessed us. No, We've no. We've possessed something. We've possessed something. Right. I don't think I've huffed enough glue. I think you're certainly in possession of something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if we're going to cover the Demon Codex, specifically its lore, we want to cover more like the warp at large and the Chaos Gods at large. Yeah. This is a warning here. Yeah. This is not just the Demon Codex. No. In fact, the Demon Codex is a very slight brushing yeah. of the lore that we want to cover here. Yeah. Because we want to kind of talk about demons and the warp at large in the breadth of 40k. Yeah, this... <laughs> like, this is going to cover what the Chaos Gods used to be as well. Because they've changed over the years. I say over the years, recently, into something which they aren't quite... It was not what they initially began as, and we found them a lot more interesting back then, so we'll, ex we'll explain what that was. Yeah. Old, olden times Chaos Gods. Metal as dick. Yeah. Like, imagine a raging Metal. silver <laughs> surfer. Didn't go where I thought it would. It's as rigid as okay. that. They were absolutely awesome and also terrifying, which they've lost over the years. As is. Before we can explain them, we have to explain the warp, because the warp is also weird. The warp is also great because it links onto our Tau Codex review. <laughs> Go back and check that. No. Take a stop on that tour. Yeah. Do you have a point to make? Uh, yes. I do. Because the warp. Yep. The warp is a power more powerful than any power. That's isn't, a, that's a isn't butchering of Indiana Jones. Ocean of Souls. There's a ref poor man's reflection. Of ourselves. I'm just going to explain what the warp is for people at home. Please do. <laughs> okay, essentially the warp, we're assuming that going into this people just have no knowledge of these things. If you already know it, we're sorry, but we're going to just cover it for those who don't. The warp is just a weird... Oh, fuck, it's awkward. It's a weird place where souls are, kind of. Well, it's essentially an, an additional plane of reality which reflects emotion. That's the best way yeah. to explain it. Every sentient being, every single one, yep. has a reflection Except for the tail. Within the wall. The tail do, but it's extremely Oh, yeah, it's extremely faint. weak, yeah. Extremely yeah. faint. Um, so think of this as kind of like those uh, those mirror uh, images of ourselves, you know, in like sci-fi and fantasy where like the mirror image does something slightly different to you. A doppelganger. A doppelganger. Thank yeah. you. That's the word. Yeah. Albeit alternative dimension. Now, the thing which makes the warp interesting, though, is that as I said, it, it really reflects emotion, which is where the chaos gods sort of come from. In that the, the chaos gods are a manifestation yeah. of emotions. Like it, because it, it, nowadays it, they're sort of presented as being, oh, you know, uh, Nurgle is this huge thing which lives in his manse in the middle of his realm. No, Nurgle's also his realm and his demons. Yeah. So it, you may have, may have heard of the Garden of Nurgle, which is an impossible to imagine, infinite in scope area. Yep. By the way, every Chaos God's land is, like, infinite. Yeah, the warp it, is... The mind boggles. The warp is completely... Insanity-inducing. Yeah, it, it is, it's not something which you can, as you're meant to be able to understand. It's something which adheres to natural law in any way, shape, or form. I mean, many of the people that come into contact with the warp, pure warp, are yep. driven insane just by the sight of it. The one example where they didn't go insane... Yep. ...is the orcs. The orcs did not go insane <laughs> because they just went, fuck it, we're here to fight. I don't yeah. care if that's a betentacled demon that will suck me in with its giant sucker mouth 
and tear my flesh from my bones. I'm a fucking orc. I'm going to have at him. Yeah, well, they, have a, they have a wonderful sense of focus, the orcs do. They do. So, I mean, the, the warp is a crazy place for yep. all your, you know, impossible demons and creatures. You know, some of the planets are creatures. I, th- that's one thing to say. The warp, sometimes it's referred to as sort of a mirror image of the galaxy. Yep. In that there are planets... There are, like, you know, you have Space Marine chapters sent into the warp and they'll make planet fall. On the warp version of. On the warp version of. You know, yeah. and one of these planets was just a giant curled up baby yeah. type thing. But it was, it was an impossibly large demon. Yeah. Um, Other times, like, you may have seen the map, which came out, was it the fifth edition? Chaos, Co- Chaos Demons Codex? Yeah. Where there's a map of the Chaos Realms and it shows each of the gods' realms and then Gork and Mork as two moons in the sky above. Which is fantastic. Which is fantastic. The thing you have to understand is both of these things are accurate to a degree. <laughs> exactly. So it is both a very definite realm, a very definite map, but also separate individual planets. It's Look, it's... It is the land of change. The winds of chaos blow heavy, and they blow perversely. <laughs> which brings it's... us to our first god, and the best example of chaos gods, Slanesh. Alright then, I was going to say a little bit about warp travel being completely unreliable, which nowadays doesn't seem to be, but alright, we're carrying on Slanesh. Slanesh... I I just thought, rather than covering what Slanesh is, what a ship is. It's sails and a (laughs) keel. Sails and a a rudder and a hull. (laughs) What a ship is, what a ship really is. Exactly. Slanesh was born from the perversity and the decadence. Slanesh is a bad one to start with. It... Really? Yes, because he's not the first. Okay, Chaos he's not, Gods. He's not the first. He's not the first. But I'm just saying that this yeah. is this is how a Chaos God okay. was created. Yeah, the, the depravity of the Elder. Because I mean, in in previous books, it wasn't just that they were having sex with each other and jamming sex toy weapons in each other, which they were. Which they were. Yep. Of course, they were. Yep. Who wouldn't? They had perfect society where they lived forever. They got bored. Yeah, they just started diddling with each other. Pretty much diddling hard. But there was there was also you know with the dark elder and the slavery and the killing of other creatures. Yep. I mean, previous books did allude to kind of the dark side of the Eldar. Yeah. In that it wasn't just they're all fucking each other. It was also weirder and scarier. Yeah. There's like crazy courts of excess going on. Yeah. Hence, why Slanesh was born. All this emotion that yep. the Eldar displayed, all this depravity, all this perfection, all this pride, slowly built up something in the warp, which. Then eventually hit a critical mass. Hit critical mass, and then the Eye of Terror, which you may not know about. Okay, basically before the, before the, the Cicatrix Maledictum. Yeah, basically there was a smaller that, thing. There was a there was a smaller thing which was still huge, but that was where most chaos came from, and that was where the biggest like sort of entryway to the warp was. That's where the Eldar Empire used to be. It got completely annihilated with the birth of Slanesh, which created this hole in reality. And he turned up, destroyed most of the Eldar, ate their gods. And that's that's why he was created. There was no kind of uh, crazy ceremony where they're sacrificing nope. people to summon the great Slanesh. No, Slanesh never existed. Nobody knew he existed. Not even the other Chaos Gods knew he existed yep. because Nurgle, Korn, and Zinch yep. were there before him. Yep. Way before like, him. Pretty much Dawn of Time, sort of, before. Yeah, and that, that's why he's kind of referred to as the Prince because he is far, 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 far younger yep. than the other gods. He's also fecking awesome. Just just from a basic sort of standpoint, he's one of the most important characters in 40k by yeah. nature of destruction of the Eldar. Um, 
it, you, well, it was more so in older law. I don't know if it's mentioned so much now, but this is also part of the reason why the Imperium of Man was able to form quite so well, because the Eldar fell. Because the Eldar were the big race in the galaxy. They had control over basically everything with this like central hub of their empire. And when that fell, it left the stage free for, free for man. So then man just went, right, that's it, it's ours now. Th- think of how broken the Eldar are on the tabletop. <laughs> now imagine if they had five times the amount of points that you do every time. Yep. That's what taking Eldar space would have been had the Eldar not been destroyed by Sunesh. And as well, humanity. Humanity was moulded by Sunesh because from the Eye of Terror you have obviously the demons seeping in yep. and Cadia, Cadia the bastion against the chaos. Yep. Um, but also the ecclesiarchy, the faith in the emperor. Yep. You know, you could see chaos. I mean, I know they did all the whole oh, suppression okay. and many planets don't even know about the chaos gods yeah, yeah. or anything like that. But the ecclesi- ecclesiarchy grew... Um, because, you know, people had to have something to believe in. Also, the whole issue of demons and chaos corruption was way less before the Eye of Terror turned up. Like, before the Eye of Terror turned up, demons weren't much of a thing. Ain't no thing. And then that happens. All of a sudden, the galaxy is a lot more unstable as a result of this guy. So, so there is a bit Like, he arrived in style. Yeah. But- we don't know what happened at the birth of Korn, Nurgle, and Zinch. Yep. But I don't think it was as spectacular as the Dark Hole Ripper. <laughs> yep. And just just to stress, this thing which has just a, popped into existence, kind of, ate an entire pantheon of other gods. These were the Eldar gods. This isn't like a, oh, yeah. like the Emperor. No, no, these were meant to be gods. They only have a couple left. Like, Cain uh, got shattered. Was he shattered? In, has he got the shards of Cain everywhere? Yeah, Cain's a weird one. Cain yeah. used to be that he just survived on his own brute will. Yep. Also uh, possible. Like, but I, now he's kind of shattered and splintered his powers everywhere. Yep. Think Necrons for some reason. Yep. Um, um, there's also Yvrain. There's Yvrain, which is a recent edition, which we don't know much of the lore of. They haven't released a codex for her yet, so I don't think we can really yeah. guess that. There's it. the Laughing God. There's the Laughing God, who has disappeared. but He, he c- hid in the webway. Yep. He's, he again, the Laughing God. Now, this, this is a prime example. Yep. A prime example. Because 40k is quite complex. Yep. Now, it can be quite simple. And we see that in the chaos become the rah, rah, rah. They're all just I evil chop and you with my axe. Yeah. I'm twirling my moustache while laughing and orchestrating while also demolishing your orchestra. Yep. Your musical. Sorry. Phantom yep. of the Opera here. They do that. Imperial Guard fight them. Yep. Very simple. Very basic. Good versus evil. Great stuff. Chaos, I mean, chaos can be so complex. I mean, yeah. look at, if you want real good chaos, Bad Ab War. Bad Ab War, Huron Blackheart. Look into it. That is the subtle uh, corruption, mm. the seeping whispers from the chaos gods that lead to a man's downfall. Yep, while being understandable the whole way. While being completely understandable. Like, the chaos gods offer power. Yeah. And there's one thing that every man in the Imperium Unless you're like a war master or a high lord of terror. I don't know. I think you know even they. I think even war masters have fallen in the past. Exactly. Exactly. Like, but that that's one thing the Chaos Gods can give you. Power. Hmm. There is unlimited power to be offered from the warp. But with the older law, the Chaos Gods used to have a bit more of a hands off approach. In that they were more interested in their own realms and the universe was something entertaining to them. Like th- this is shown in multiple places. For instance, like this is part of the reason why Chaos Lords were driven to such insane acts because they were desperately trying to get the attention of a chaos god. Because there's a whole galaxy, why would they notice you? So they had to strive their entire lives to get attention 
and they probably didn't. If they did, it was terrifying, because spawned them. They could just be turned into a spawn. Just because the, the Chaos God doesn't really care. Like, it, yeah. To them, a ball of mutation is just as good as Demon Prince. They just don't care. Or they didn't. Whereas nowadays... Hold fire. Yep. Hold fire. Yep. Just going to say, with with the old Chaos Gods... Yep. Old Chaos Gods. One thing to iterate is that it very much came across the, the, the realm of Chaos within the warp. That was the real battleground of the gods. Yeah. That's what they were doing. That's yeah, they, what kept them busy. Yeah. That's what stopped them from uniting and destroying the universe. If they united, it's because one of the Chaos Gods became too powerful and the other three united to stop them. <laughs> that was exactly. That was their like, jam. Corn is typically the, the most powerful. Yep. Uh, but if he grows too powerful or whatever, I mean, Zinch sometimes gets in the way, so the Nesh yep. also gets in the way. Cool theories incoming. Yep. Cool theories incoming. Um, but yeah, the real cool thing about the past was that these Chaos Gods, because their realm was also them, yep. a yep. reflection of their power, yep. as well as the fact that they were grossly ambivalent. Yeah. Like, like they gave zero shits yeah. for humanity. You know. They, they just didn't care. You were a side game mm. to their grand game. It was very much Lovecraftian in that way, in that it was just... The universe doesn't matter to them. They're just indifferent. Yeah. And hence why, to have the ca- the gaze of the Chaos Gods... Mm. You know, say you're a Chaos Lord, you put an entire world to slaughter, and yeah. you bellow, standing atop their corpses, a triumphant chorus to corn, and in return he turns you into a spawn. Yeah. And that's that's because the Chaos Gods, it's not about just rewards. It's not about anything. Yeah. They are agents of chaos. Yeah. And in the end game, you are nothing to them. You're absolutely nothing. Yep. Like I mean, to some degree, I do disagree with Abaddon. As well, this like, is what this is what made him interesting in the olden days, even before because well, back then he was just failing at everything. But despite that, he had the mark of four Chaos Gods. Which meant he he managed to get the attention of all four, yep. and made them agree, and which is insane. Typically, you would only ever get one. Oh yeah, you only ever get the blessing of well, one. Because also, if you got the blessing of one and then tried to go for another, say you got the other one's blessing, the other one would be offended. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be a thing which they would go, "Hang on, if I've given you my blessing, you will now be smote." And another thing, just to mention, yep, is there is a rivalry. And this is mentioned in the latest Chaos Demon Codex. It is mentioned. Yep. However, other law would have you believe otherwise. Yeah, that's, or just doesn't we're just, care. just hinting at that for a moment. Yep. Because in uh, Chaos Demon Codex and Chaos Demon Law previously, yep. Nurgle. Nurgle does not like Zinch. Yep. They do not like each other because Zinch is meant to be this kind of. We'll have to explain the four Chaos Gods and what they actually do in a sec. But okay, okay. Basically, this this episode will be slightly freewheeling and insane. A, because we're discussing the warp, it should be. B, because we haven't got a codex structure to this. As is. There's rivalries. Well, shall we explain the Chaos Gods first? I'll, I'll just do the rivalries no? very okay, quickly. Yeah, yeah. So Nurgle hates Zinch. Yep. Zinch hates Nurgle. Yep. Slanesh hates Korn. And Korn hates Slanesh. Yep. Like, it's very simple. Yep, very, very simple. But it is like a core of their values. Oh, yeah, it is. These these are the ones who will fight the most out of each other. These are the ones who are doing their most to undermine each other. And they can get on better with the other Chaos Gods. Never fully get on because they are rivals. All of them are rivals, but... 
because there's every chance that it, should a Chaos God slip, he will be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. You have to bring your A game. Yeah. And uh, another thing I love is kind of, I see a lot of people um, kind of saying things like, how can the Chaos Gods bless everyone? How can they have their eye on everyone? And the truth is, they both do and they both don't. Yeah. Which is great, which is incredible, because they are simultaneously watching everyone while watching no one. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a lot of this, the Chaos Gods, and that's this is the older law. Like, the newer law makes them a bit more, they are this thing which does this. They are this being with this goal. Older law goes, they're weirder than that. To be fair, yep. I do think that they have simplified them a lot. Yep. Uh, simply because what they were previously was kind of like a, an artist's rendition of a poem. <laughs> you know, it was so wibbly and wobbly. Yep. I mean, we loved it. Yeah, we loved it. We love the, the wibbles, very, we love the wobbles. Yeah, the very law reflected the gods. And that was just fucking great. So good. Mm. So good to look at. Also, this is why, in the older law, nowadays with the whole Chaos Gods, they're taking more of an active role in the whole conquest of Chaos versus Imperium of Man deal going on right now. If the Chaos Gods truly cared... They would just make all their followers demon princes. So they'd be immortal super soldiers. Yeah. Like, it, there, now, is, there is no limit to the Chaos God's powers. Absolutely not. Nowadays, yeah. there's no reason to say why they don't do that. Whereas in the old days, it was just, they don't care. And they don't necessarily see being demon princes as being good. Like, that's just a thing which can happen if you get their attention. Let's just do who they are very quickly. Yeah. So we have Korn. He was arguably the first. Like If they're going to argue who was the first, Korn is usually the answer. Um, he's basically the god of anger and also actual military prowess. Like, he is the general of the Chaos Gods while being stone-cold, furious old fucking times. He also has the best catchphrases of blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne. Like, the others just have nothing to compete with that. And he's... Is there anything more to add? Like, he, he's... he's... He's very much black and white. I yeah. mean, he's yeah. all about beheadings. He's yep. all about skulls. He's all about blood. He's the thing with by saying that he has, he's um, the, the general of the Curse Gods. Though, is that's usually forgotten by the law. Like they tend to just go, oh, a raving band of insane, um, you know, corn followers, or you know, a bunch of corn demons specifically. They turn up and they just kill everything, and they're just you know crazy and attack everything. Well, no, that his would be the best led. <laughs> yeah, and there would be a structure to his armies, yeah, and yeah. the heralds were very important. Yep, um, which is cool, and that does touch upon. Law will cover later. Yeah, that does touch upon it. The other thing I'll say about corn is corn hates sorcery. Absolutely hates sorcery. He hates sorcery to the point where uh, his dogs, the flesh hounds of corn, uh, they all wear brass collars, and the reason for these brass collars is to resist the powers of sorcery. Hence, why he hates Zinch. No, he hates Lanesh. He hates. Slanesh. Sorry, I, know, it, I hate yeah. Zinch. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a weird one, that. But basically, Korn has strong dislike of sorcerers. All the others are sorcerers. None of his followers can be sorcerers. Um, also, a bunch of his models tend to have things where they can they can deny sorcery, even though they're not psychers themselves. Like, there's not much to his flavour, but... He's I, it's pretty solid. Yeah, it's pretty it's solid. Pretty like, solid. He's, he's good for what he is. So next, do you want to have Nurgle or Zinch? Let's do Zinch, because I accidentally... Because you accidentally tipped your hand. I accidentally tipped my hand. Okay. Zinch is... Basically, okay, he's the god of magic, essentially. But he his, he does the most magic, so I'll do the most magic. And also, um, he's the great schemer. 
Like the thing is, he's always has a plan. He's always planning for everything. Which anything else you'd say that's impossible. He's a chaos god. He can kind of plan for just about anything. I mean, he, he's meant to be infinite scope. Yeah. Uh, but there is a, a very large problem with Zinch. Yes. All the way through the law, they say that he is the master of fate. He's the grand orchestrator. Nothing ev- happens without Zinch seeing yeah. it. Everything is going to according to plan, no matter what it is. Which we find problematic because it's just... We don't like that kind of writing, basically. When it's the, oh, he, he lost everything he had. Exactly as planned. Yeah. Well, now you don't have any ammunition. It, it's also because it's usually used by writers who aren't as good as some of the other GW writers who will just go for, at the end, oh, it was all as planned, so Zinch then murders them all. But why and how? It was as planned, but you didn't explain how this happened. As planned, what part did you follow? Yeah, in, normally you can find the sentence, as planned. Just as planned. Afterwards, <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it turns up an awful lot. Um, yeah, Zinch has also become the uh, the master of buff boys. In he has. Zangors and... Like, swole lads. Like, swole lads fighting for him. He's also an Egyptian bird man. Possibly. Like, okay, just saying descriptions of what the Chaos Gods look like. Oh, is, no, no. But, I mean, his, his, his shit, followers. All his followers are based on Egyptians. Yes. Which is a big problem because. Because you then. We have already an Egyptian faction, and then someone came along, maybe a mat, maybe a ward, and went, you know what this setting needs? A bunch of Egyptians, mate. I'll fucking make the Necron Codex, make them all Egyptians. I'll fucking have them. And I'll have them, and I'll put feathers on them. I don't and know where I've gone with my accent. I really don't either. I don't know. So he then added another Egyptian faction to the game because he couldn't think of his own culture. You know what I'd like to see? A Space Marine chapter based about the Egyptians. If only there were some kind of... Some kind of Astartes chapter which had, I don't know, Egyptian themes. There wasn't I guess there one. never was. I guess there wasn't there was. one. Let's have another. Okay, but interesting lore about um, Zinch is... Like, something we both really like is that there was a... I can't remember where it was... Positive, but it was some like minor bit of law in one of the books. It was aeons ago. It was aeons ago. Literal it... aeons ago. This was back in the days when the books used to be made by people that literally existed in heavy metal bands. Pretty much. Like they were forged. The books were forged. <laughs> they were hammered together. with hammers, shat out of furnaces into our gaping hands. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I basically suggested that Zinch was less of this all knowing figure. Um, it was just uh, like a, one of those followers had a vision of this huge nine-spoked wheel made of flesh and screaming mouths, which was meddling uncontrollably. Now that is a fucking god of change. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. That's like, so great, because instead of Zinch being this grand high manipulator... Oh, everything's going to according to plan. Oh, I planned for all of this. God, it's so shit. It is so shit. I'm sorry if you like Zinch. Yeah. But like this whacks my balls. Yeah. It really does. Because it, if he was just a giant flesh wheel that causes change and chaos for no reason at it's all. Just by nature. As as it's a it's result so of so good. As a result of the like, you know, the quest for knowledge from, you know, humans, etc., or the, you know, desire to change in the world, having this thing which does it just uncontrollably is awesome. The other option which I will... Uh, the other answer I will accept for Zinch, which is not... I, I still prefer the wheel, but one I will happily accept is just the idea that he's meddling, but not towards an end goal. Because a lot of people go, he's meddling to win. No. If you're arguing that he's meddling to maintain the status quo. In that, if the Chaos Gods won the quest for real space, the Chaos Gods would cease to exist. 
Because the Chaos Gods, as I said, are a result of all these emotions. If you wipe out all the people, or bring all the people into warp, like this, the Chaos Gods are going to lose either a lot of power or die. Also, primarily, the Chaos Gods are mostly about because of humans. Because humans resonate with the warp so ridiculously well. Like, our emotions in the warp just create these things. Hence why Slaanesh turning up was kind of impressive. But also orcs, and that's why Gork and Mork exist. They do exist. They're way lesser, but... Yeah. Which is, again, like considering how many fucking orcs there are in this galaxy, there's, say, this, in the 40k galaxy. Well, I mean, we'll cover the rest of the gods, but yep. I'll, I'll just put a flag up for Tau. Go for we'll, it. We'll come back to Tau. Yep. We'll come back to that. Okay, flag for Tau. So, Zinch. Zinch. Zinch is all about change. Zinch yep. is also about the perfect plan. He's also the god about change, but the perfect plan. Yes. Great. Yep. You know who he doesn't like? Nurgle. <laughs> Now, these, the upcoming two gods are our gods, and we find the most interesting gods. They, they do things slightly differently than the other two. I, Nurgle is my god. Yep. If I was in the 40k setting, and I happened to be in the warp... <laughs> if, I, if I happened to fall to chaos, I wouldn't seek it. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, 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 if Nurgle found me, I mean, I guess, it would be rude not to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be rude. Yeah. Nurgle is my boy. Also, if Nurgle found me and said, do you want to join up, I think I'd say yes, because... I don't want to upset a Chaos God. Exactly. For him to even be speaking to you is terrifying. Yeah. And that's that's old law. Old law. Old law, yeah. To even have his gaze, to have his attention was dangerous as fuck, because he might just make you a spawn. I mean, that still exists. Yep. Uh, with the Chaos Boon table. Yep. Uh, which you'll never ever use in games of 40k, but it's there. <laughs> it is there. And you can be, be turned into a spawn. Any character other than, like, named ones and stuff. I mean, maybe they can. I, I haven't bothered maybe. looking. Anyway, Nurgle. Nurgle is the god of disease and fecundity. It's all about the death, but the joys and the, the life brought about through death and decay. Yep. Uh, so, for example, his realm. His realm is a giant forest of decaying trees, giant insects, sumps of gooey filth. Uh, he himself is a... Well, I mean... Okay, the, I, just, the, the appearance of the Chaos Gods has never been clearly explained... Which is exactly as it should be. Because other than Nurgle. Because great unclean ones are meant to be almost okay. avatars of him. Yeah. Uh, he is a giant fat guy. He is swollen with pus and disease and mutation. While still being his own realm. While still being an emotion, essentially. <laughs> like, yeah, which, you've got to bear is, that in mind. Yeah, which is awesome. That's yeah. old law. Yep. Good stuff. Yep. Um, but he's also known as the Grandfather. Because the other Chaos Gods... Uh, you know, again, they're pretty indifferent to who you are. Mm. Sometimes they like you, sometimes they hate you. Yep. And the hate doesn't last for long because you are gone. Or if you pissed off a Chaos God in the old lore, that was it. There was no coming back from that, really. Uh, well, there are some cases. Oh, alluding. Yeah. Magic. Fairies. <laughs> yes. He's called the Grandfather because he is the loving God. Nurgle is the loving God. He yep. loves his followers. He loves them. Like... He just does. bear that in mind. It'll be explained a bit better when we discuss uh, one of his like named great unclean ones, and you get like, oh, oh yeah. I see how it works. Oh yeah, but yeah, like that's Nurgle. He's, and this is why he pisses off um, Zinch because Zinch is there trying to make perfect plans, whereas Nurgle happily just, oh, you know, disease went way out of control and ruined everything and changed what everything was going to happen there. Good on that. I'm, I'm happy for him. <laughs> There's also like millions of thrumming flies that follow his forces, yep. and his forces themselves are just extremely chaotic because they'll just infect something. And what happens to that thing depends on the thing they're infected with. 
you know, for example, so some infections will just kill you. Yep. Other infections, you will then explode into a plague bearer. There's one mentioned in one of the books whereby it basically turns people into an unholy choir, which then resonates and makes turns other people into unholy choirs, which then resonates across the planet. Yeah. Basically turning things into like these fleshy noise emitters. Nurgle is fucking awesome. Yeah. That he so is. So good. That he is. So good. But do you know who he's buddies with? Or most buddy with? Rubbing dirty elbows with. Yep. That piece of Nash. We mentioned him earlier as being one of the most influential characters in 40k. Let's actually explain a bit about who he is, as well as just going, wow, he did shit. Um, he is the god of... How do we put this? Boardiness. <laughs> he, he's, he's the god of boardiness. Yeah. Depravity. Yeah. Excess. Like, all Excess, that... All that like all, all drinking, of that, uh, drugs, sex. Yeah. That's, that's what he's meant to be. But also, pride. Awful lot of pride, awful lot of vanity. Um obsession as well like more so than any other chaos god like if because you have people like for instance lucius the eternal who was obsessed with being the best swordsman and he was so obsessive with it that he got the attention of Slanesh and got immortality as a result once again if it was new law why don't you just give all your followers immortality if it's that easy old law it just happened yeah Slanesh took a shine to him yeah Gave him immortality. He died. He thought, that's a, that's a shame. He was a really good swordsman. I really liked watching him fight. He can have immortality. And that was that. I, it's important thing to mention just very briefly here. If any demon is destroyed in reality, yep. in real space, uh, they are reborn within the warp. They just come back. Yep. Uh, but they're just banished for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Unless you're killed by Grey Knights using special sorceries and spells and... Magical whisperings to swords. They have ways of killing demons. They have ways of killing demons, because they're exercisers. Yep. Uh, also, the thing with Slanesh is a lot of people, both writers and players, tend to focus on the, ha they're perverts and they like to bang things. Maybe maybe your Slanesh army does that. Fair enough. If you want your Slanesh army to do that, that's fair enough. But not. Slanesh is not entirely about that. Still a part, don't get me wrong. It's a fairly large part of what it it's is. It's a but big part. It's a big part, part and it's big. The other thing I'll say is that Slanesh exemplifies every struggle writers have with mm. the Chaos Gods. Yeah. Because going back to when I was talking about black and whiteness, you know, and saying the Imperial God of this, Chaos of this. Well, the Chaos Gods are just kind of weird. And yeah. you really have to understand them to write for them well. Some people get it. Some people create some crazy fucking law yep. that is so good. You're like, oh my goodness, I need to run to GW and just stuff money in their faces. Specifically that writer's face. That writer's face. Yeah. yeah we'll stuff it in there. Um, but Slanesh. Slanesh is the great example because it all breaks down because they don't fully understand him. Yeah, if you, if you don't fully understand him, it's going to go wrong because you are going to end up with a story which is just, I've just got 14 different pleasure cults being killed by the Inquisition. Yeah, think think it's just like a load of ten guys. I don't know why ten guys, but just like squeezing their nipples and going ha, and then getting killed. Yeah, like that's Slanesh. If you're a bad writer, pretty much. However, it needs to be a marriage between pride. Yep. Fighting. Yep. Sensory uh, excess. Yep. Such as sound. Such as violence. This is why the noise marines exist, because there they just came a point where everything else is dead to them. They just don't care anymore. They've lived for so long, yeah. experiencing everything life has to offer, and then at the end, nothing compares to the sounds of screaming and explosions. And that's why all their their uh, vehicles and armour is painted in extremely bright colours, 
Yeah, because or contrasting again, colors. Just... It has to be extreme to even ignite their senses. Because back in the old law, I don't know about the new law with the uh, Sonic Boys, Noise Marines. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they became dull to every sensation. Pretty much. Every sensation was robbed of them. And that's Sunesh. Like, if if you break down his god, he is the most bored god. Oh yeah, he his um he's meant to have like the court of Sunesh, which is just the most insane, entertaining sort of stage show. Okay. People try and make it to the Chaos Gods now and again. And with varying degrees of success. Nothing has ever made it to the court of Slanesh and made it back. The primary theory being is they don't want to leave. As Slanesh has sat in the centre of this place, this inescapably wondrous place, bored out of his mind. Because he's experienced it all. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the god of excess. Like, nothing is enough, yep. but also everything is nothing. So he's just extremely bored. Yeah, and that will come up again. That it will. That um, it will. But right. I, I just want to say, just very quickly. Yep. Again, still on the topic. <laughs> uh, that the writers can't really handle chaos. Yes. And that's why chaos break down into ha ha ha. They're I'm just insane and evil. Yeah. That's why. Every- from from my perspective, <laughs> the chaos cuts are evil. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm stealing that line from Al. Alan said that joke to me, and I laughed my tits off. It's uh, a very funny reference. Okay, so. That's an idea of what the Chaos Gods are, or what the four of them are. Shall we do cover a bit of their followers and so on? Those interesting sections. Do you mean from the book, or I say we have we have uh, from the book, we have the named characters we can discuss. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, this is a good time to do. This yeah. is a good time to do, and we'll, we'll circle back around to new law. Yep, and we'll get there. Um, do you want to quickly cover like the sort of main locations for the Chaos Gods? Locations in their realms, which are, they are their own realms, and locations aren't really in a fixed place anywhere because of. I mean, think, think of it as both as an ocean, a gas, a galaxy, and a defined fantasy place. And a defined fantasy place. And like that's some the idea. best way. Like they, they often talk about the broiling uh, warp, or the broiling seas of the warp. You know, because it's just going crazy in there. Pretty much. Crazy so, as shite. So you have things like um, Zinch has uh, the maze. This is one of the. They all have. Their areas are the different things and the most standout locations for each. Zinch has his maze, which is kind of how um, when followers trying to get to him, they have to go through this maze with a bunch of different challenges and weirdness and terribleness and horrifying things that happen. And canonically speaking, only one person has made it through. Because um, at the end, there's a chap we'll mention in a second who basically gives you a riddle, <laughs> a pretty much unsolvable riddle, which whoever's made it there has always failed, barring one person who was... Or at least what looked to be a little girl. With no explanation given as to how or why or what they were after. Zinch was unhappy with him. And we have no idea who it was since. Which is awesome. Like it's wonderful to have that little tidbit of lore. Which is never fully explained. Because it's the warp that sort of thing can happen. Nurgle has the gardens which we've mentioned. He also has his manse which is just this large mansion. He sort of dwells in doing his own science. Because he's a, he's a scientist at the end of the day. Corn uh, has the skull throne. That's the sort of most notable location, which is the huge fuck-off throne he sits upon, built of skulls. Hence, skulls for the skull throne. And so the Nash has... Oh, he has a weird selection. He has, like, what is it? It's going to be six. Because, oh yeah, what I forgot to mention. So the Nash is like the god of temptation. This is another huge thing. Huge thing, which we forgot to mention entirely. He is the most seductive of the gods in that... He's the... Okay, if you think of, like, classical Christian corruption and temptation... 
and the devil leading people down darker paths. Slaanesh is that god. Completely. And so he has these six different areas you have to go through, each with their own different temptations. One of which is just the biggest, most fuck-off, glorious banquet you've ever seen in your entire fucking life. Which maybe doesn't register with you. On the other hand, people, some of the people making it here have been starved for their entire lives. And if you eat the fruit, you're going to be... Some kind of horrific fate falls upon you. There's one room which is just full of demonettes being hot as hell. And if you so much as lay a hand on them, you then die because you just want to pop my demonettes. There's one which is... I, I wouldn't go through all of them. Oh no, I was going to lead to the next one. Which was, leave it at that, which is basically the... Uh, there's one room where there is... Yes? You mean the one where you have ultimate power? One way of ultimate power. Where there is literally just all the people you've ever known, or could know, or anyone you'd want to meet, or anyone you can imagine. There's literally anything you want to be in there, and everyone does exactly what you say. And this place is infinite until they... If you, you can ask them to lead you to the exit... But you can also just ask to have anything, and you'll have it. And, and you can it, stay there for eternity. It also fulfills all your desires in this place. Yep. So if you want to be the greatest general that's ever lived, it will play out this fantasy for you. Yeah, you can literally just go, all right, give me the, this army led by these people, and we'll fight this. And you can do that, and it will happen. And it, some things will be like, oh, they just get trapped there for eternity. That's not that bad. And? So that doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> They're trapped there. It also tends to drive people insane after a point because, you know, paranoia sets in after however long. <laughs> so most people tend to go, oh, I imagine there'd be some egotistical people enough. Myself, for example. I could last in there for quite some time, I like to believe. <laughs> the simulation can't defeat him. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so self-obsessed. I know. <laughs> yes, you are following the flesh. But I absolutely am. If you make it through all the trials, and I, I strongly suggest you go check out these trials for yourself, um, I wouldn't look on uh, like 1D4chan or places like that because they will spoil the majesty of it. Yeah, the I would try and find like the original text for it. Yeah, yeah. Because you, these realms are awesome. Like the fifth edition um, Chaos Demons Codex. I know it's a tall order, but you can probably find the law lying around the place. It's awesome. But if you make it through these trials, yep, you will come face to face with Slanesh. He's not afraid to meet you. Nope. And you won't leave. But to look upon Slanesh, they say that uh, there's just a, an awesome bit here which calls him the enemy within. And it kind of says that within everyone's psyche, they want to bow to Slanesh. Because he is the god of temptation. Whatever you want, he could look into your soul and pluck out beyond all psychology, behind all barriers, your deepest, truest desire. And offer it to you. Yep. And he, could, he has the power to give you that. He has the power to give you anything. Yeah. He's fucking sexy. That he is. I mean, it does say that he's androgynous also, and extremely sexy. He can be just about anything. Like, the chaos could be anything, but he specifically will change form to be the most appealing thing possible. Also, uh, humans call him he, Eldar call him she who thirsts. Like, it's cool. He or she it's does cool. not matter. The chaos gods are beyond that. And then Korn's realm is just a huge expanse of brass and volcanoes. Because he's awesome. And by brass, for anyone that's English, I do not mean tits or the cops or the police, if you will. Just saying. How many times have you referred to someone's tits as brass? That's a top pair of brass up there. That still means police. I say that a lot. I say that too much. I don't think you should be allowed to discuss tits. 
And Korn's Realm is just all about red, smoky, ashy rage. I think metal, Bones but ground more metal. to dust. More metal and more red. More metal, more red. More fire. More fire. I think like pyrotechnics slammed into a van full of brass. Do you mean... <laughs> Not the least. <laughs> Did? <laughs> okay, so shall we discuss Scarbrand then, while we're here? Scarbrand. Scarbrand is the name... He's the name Bloodthirster. He's a Bloodthirster who carries two axes. He's also a Bloodthirster who's had his wings burnt off. <laughs> Which was a result of a slightly funny event. Where, was it after campaigning for a good while, being out, being a fantastic general Bloodthirster man? Basically, Scarbrand was never defeated. Yeah. Scarbrand was just taking heads and taking names. He was awesome. And nothing could stop him. And he was almost a slave to his own rage. Because he was just so fucking angry. He was chopping shit everywhere. He was the angriest boy that ever boyed. And normally, the great heroes within the demons, or people that the, uh, you know, the, uh, the god particularly likes, mm. he'll summon them to him. Scarbrand was summoned before Corn. At which point, Scarbrand thought, hang on a minute. I've, I'm undefeated, and I'm the angriest man who ever boyed. Or man, for that matter. Corn seems pretty, pretty nothing. He seems a little bit of a bitch. Yeah. So I'm going to heft my axes, <laughs> swing them as hard as I can, cleave him in twain. The result of which was a small chink in Corn's armor. Which, first of all, is fucking impressive. Give credit to Scarbrand here. That's a god. Yeah, this is a literal god. Like, arguably, like the few real proper gods in 40k. And. A chink in his armor is the closest impressive. anyone has ever come to killing a Chaos God. And then it turns out that, while Scarbrand is impossibly angry, Corn is anger incarnate. And so he picked him up and threw him through the fucking cosmos. Corn is a fucking nuclear bomb right now. <laughs> he was not happy with this. Um, old law, he just threw him through the cosmos and eventually. Scarbrand. <laughs> eventually. <came to> rest. <laughs> yeah, after having his wings burnt off. Through the shit. I, th- I think Old Law, either his wings burnt off from the throw, I think... or Corn gripped him so hard that his wings just. Oh, blew yeah, off, maybe in his. Uh, he and so he hard. hurled him through the cosmos. And Corn, this is so fucking cool for Corn. Yeah. Like, yes, Corn, you don't take that shit. And what also happened was when, I think when Corn gripped him, yeah. he burnt away Scarbrand's personality. Yeah, he burnt it all away. Scarbrand just became rage. Yeah, that's, that's all, all he, he is. And again, this is a great example of good writing, however dangerously close to bad writing, yep. because bad writing will always depict Corn as mindless slaves to violence. They're not. Yeah. They're not. Okay? Corn berserkers? Probably, yeah. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> but actual Corn demons and Corn himself? No. So they're they're, Korn, they're Korn, smart. Yeah, they're smart. They, they are smart. That's the scary thing. And Corn basically goes, You think you know anger, and burns away all that was left him other than anger, and threw him through the cosmos. New Law has sadly gone, he threw him for eight days and eight nights, because eight is Corn's number. And you just go, really? Like, yeah. That means, that means... That's a weak toss. Yeah, Corn just went, you know what? I'm very angry right now. I'm, like, impossibly angry. But I'm going to give a very measured throw, because I like it when things are eight. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you can argue that time passes very strangely within the warp. Yep. So eight days and eight nights well, could be infinite. Also... Okay, he threw, in modern law, he threw him for eight days and eight nights in the warp, so that could be infinite, it could not be. 
in the old law, it was uncertain as whether they threw him through the warp or the or reality or maybe both. I think it was kind of both. Yeah, because if you got thrown by corn, you'd go wherever the fuck. <laughs> you ain't stopping. <laughs> no, but he did eventually. You ain't but... stopping. And um, yeah, so that, that was fucking cool. Uh, another sin, cardinal sin, which the recent Chaos Demons Codex. We are looking at it. We are looking we at it. It's are. here. It's it's present. It's there. They keep slapping the chaos numbers. Like, so basically, corn is eight. Yep. Nurgle is uh, three. Nurgle is seven. seven. Nurgle seven. is seven. Three is one of his numbers, but seven is his number. Seven is his number. Yep. Zinch is nine. Yep. And Slanesh is six. Because six, six, six. He is the devil. Yeah. And they just slap these numbers on everything. Like, Slanesh, what does he do? Everything is six about him. It's like, oh, just shut up. Enough <laughs> with this. So Scarbrand was thrown for an indeterminate amount of time. He just came to a fucking stop when there was enough, like, there was no more impetus. That was it. After, after an arbitrary amount of days and nights to make, it, to make it be Korn's number. The other thing about Korn, yep. while we're here, still on the topic of old law, mm-hmm. his sword, because he wields a sword, because the sword is the ultimate symbol of war. Yep. Not an axe, a sword. That's yep. very important. Axe is originally a tool, sword is warfare. Yep. Korn uh, could cut through... It used to be reality. Yeah. He could just swing his sword and cut through A swathe of reality. Yeah. Like terror. Bam. Met by an incredible sword. <laughs> incredible angry sword poking <laughs> from the warp. He could just do that. Hmm. Arguably the, t- the Emperor may do something about that, but unknown. Yeah. It- it's all kind of... Yeah. But th- the other thing about it was that Korn didn't do that simply because he wasn't interested. Yeah. He couldn't be fucked to lift that sword. That sword is heavy. You know? For the mortal realm, like, ah. Uh, is it really worth? Not worth. Yeah. New law. Let's dip into new law. Do we have to? Yes. Corn uh-huh. sticks his sword inside a dog. Oh, fuck yeah, there's this, isn't it? <laughs> Korn I forgot about this. Now, other than being a dodgy headline in a paper. Yep. He... Replace corn with the words Florida man and it all makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. He pops that hot cherry... That is not the phrase to use. He puts a sword in. He puts his sword inside a dog. He then challenges. No, it's he no gets, good way of saying. It's not. That. Saying he pops that cherry is definitely not a way of saying it. He pops he, that sword inside cherry. It certainly does. At which point, he then tells his followers to kill the dog. Yeah. No. 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 He says to his followers, yeah. inside one of these dogs, think Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> inside one of my dogs, there is a. There's my sword, right? And bearing in mind that corn is meant to it's be... It's a very weird Last Supper. Yeah. I, I mean, corn is never meant to be defined dimensionally, as with all the gods, but he's meant to be pretty fucking huge, yeah. even still. Yeah. Like, just attach huge before anything you describe. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. <laughs> so he puts this huge sword, yep. which is now tiny, because the dogs are pretty small. Yeah. Like, big, big by dog standards, but, tiny by god standards. Yeah. Puts this sword in a dog. And then says to all his followers, there's my sword in the dog. Whoever kills the dog and takes the sword um, wields my sword for... Until death. Until death. Until death. Well done. Despite the fact that these demons can't die, but... No, no, no. They can die. Can they? Yes. So they... Korn's legions rip apart dogs. They just go mad. They also kill each other to kill the dogs. You know, so that bloodletter over there is about to kill a dog. No, no, no. I think the sword's in that dog. I'm going to kill that bloodletter. Like, shit goes crazy. This is meant to be the very organised military right here. Yeah, shit goes down. <laughs> yeah. Somebody finds the sword. They then have the power 
to take a couple of sectors from the Imperium. Yep. I... Uh, then they die. No, no, no. No. Corn then says, I want the sword back. Oh, right. And then Dog goes out there, another dog. Oh, God, yeah. Oh. And kills the bearer of the sword. Yep. But also then swallows the sword. Yep. And then Corn starts the game again. <laughs> it's a really inefficient way of fighting so, a war. I mean, maybe Corn never actually swings his sword through reality because he never has possession of it. It's always either inside a dog or someone else has got it. I like to believe he got a fake sword. And just fed it to a dog and it spiralled out of control. <laughs> Maybe it was. Because whoever wields his sword, like a couple sectors, that's nothing. Yeah. Like a demon crusade on its own could do that. Yeah. You're wielding the weapon of a god. Like, think Greek mythology. Yep. And then four bastards turned up, killed them all, and were more powerful. That is the Chaos Gods. <laughs> yeah. And the whole, like, you know, Zeus's lightning bolts or... Poseidon's trident. Like, imagine wielding Poseidon's trident, and you cause a small bit of waviness. <laughs> you ruin a child's sandcastle. You ruin a ch- child's sandcastle. It's like, create... Fear the wrath of the sea! <laughs> I mean, do they just lack imagination? In a few hours, this will reach the shore. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Yeah. Watch out, Imperium. With a few more millennia, we might take an area... <laughs> <laughs> an area which will maybe large enough for you to notice. Yeah. Other than just a clerical error. Oh, this, yeah. this one's become a zero. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Like the fucking crusades caused by this sword lose less land than clerical errors, or less space than clerical errors in the Imperium of Man. Yep, that's very true. You're wielding the sword of corn. I mean, maybe it's a limitation of whoever takes. I, the sword, I can understand corn but... not wanting everyone to have his power if they held the sword. But even then, like it's just a, it's a really dumb bit of law that makes no sense. Does fuck all. Doesn't represent the god well. Doesn't rep the, represent the faction well. It's just yeah. this. This represents bad law. This represents someone going. Corn's about anger. Corn is about anger. Corn's about slaughter. No, corn is about war. Yeah. Corn is about war and martial it. slaughter. Yeah. Slaughter and on a grand scale. And a lot of anger as well, but anger facilitating those things. Yeah. Not anger just for pure rage, silliness' sake. So that's Scarbrand. Yeah, Scarbrand. That's Scarbrand. That, that's as far as we're really going to go with Corn and the, the, lore, of the, the lore of the individual units, because it's mostly like, we kill stuff, we crush stuff. And that's that's the same for every Chaos Demon in Pretty there. Pretty much. Like, there's no variation, really. Keeper of Secrets is interesting. Keeper of Secrets is interesting. But, but you don't have a named character. No, we don't, because so fucks Lanesh, apparently. Karis Fateweaver. Yeah, he's the Zinch named uh, Greater Demon. The guy that's all about the sorcery and the change and yep. the silliness in the future. Yep. Now, Keros, uh, I can't remember its name. There's some well, which is meant to be the well of all knowledge. Mm. And Zinch threw Keros into this. And Keros was uh, Zinch's vizier, which means he kind of had a grasp of the future anyway. Yeah. Throws Keros in there. Keros is then wildly aged. Grows two heads, because Karis is a lord of change, by the way, sorry. Yep. The big bird man. Giant bird man. Uh, it grows two heads. One head sees all possible futures. Gladriel. Gladriel. The other head sees the entirety of the past. Also Gladriel. Also Gladriel. <laughs> and Zinch then uses Fate Weaver, Karis Fate Weaver, yep. <laughs> to understand the future better for his plans. Which is weird. Which is weird, because Zinch's plans are meant to be both infinite yep. and like, meticulously it's, it's not, crafted. It's also not so much that he's planned knowing the future, it's that he's planned for every possibility. Yeah. 
But that's more how it works. Also, briefly going back to the whole idea that, oh, we planned everything. Everything's just as planned. I mentioned earlier that the little girl made it through his labyrinth, and he was upset about that. If everything was just as planned, why was he upset? Aha! He actually wanted to fool Kairos. Yeah. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's what it would be if they were trying to explain that. Yeah. Which is a shame. And, I don't know. I mean, this this is why the whole Zinch crafts everything. Zinch knows everything. It just falls flat on its face. It, giant screaming wheel. Giant screaming wheel. Can we start wheel. a petition for giant screaming wheel? I, I'm on board for it. Like, Because it also means you can do more interesting things with it. Rather than just going, I planned for everything. But what does he do? He doesn't do anything. He's just planning. Yeah. But what do, like, he's, he, he's the most frustrating Chaos God. That's why I'm behind Nurgle. Nurgle for change. Fair enough. No, Nurgle's the real god of change. He'll subvert him. He, he, he does more change than the Zinch does. So Fate Weaver. Yep. Fate Weaver sees the, all the possible futures. Yep. And therefore he kind of has some knowledge of the future. Um, back in the past we had a spell called Prescience, which was you would see the future, therefore someone fires the last cannon at you, you've already seen it coming. So you move. And it granted you like a... Oh, was that it? No, it's shooting advantage. I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> old, old rules, they're gone now. Very sad. Yeah, so Fate, Fate Weaver's meant to have this on the battlefield. He's yep. also blind. Yep. He himself is blind to the present. Yep. However, he can see the future, so does he just forget the present? Also, the, the present is a very small... If you have the full... Uh, if you have vision of the full cross-section of time here, yeah. the section which is the present is very small. Like, I don't mind missing out on that. Yeah, it's like missing a frame yeah. in a film. Like, it's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah. You know everything before this frame, you know everything after the frame. And you're seeing it all at once. And you're seeing it all at once. So You're missing I, a singular frame. I, does he have to be blind? Like, how, how small does the present go? This is really, like... Okay. <laughs> like, does it even matter? Like, really? Like... Because if you're talking, like... I, I don't know if demons' eyes depend on light. That's a, that's a question for another day. But That's also, I, like, the sound of... Like some crazy like scribblings, like you go missing and we find no, a this, book. No, this this is the kind of thing which I will be obsessing over now. Eyes even see using light. This is the kind of thing which will drive me insane, and I will try and work it out. Okay, but assuming that demon eyes work the same as human eyes, and that we need light, technically what we're seeing is delayed anyway. So we are technically seeing the past right now. We have the same curse. How do we manage not seeing the present? It's driven me insane. <laughs> I know for one that we wouldn't be trusted with any kind of heavy machinery. How could someone drive a car if they couldn't see the present? It's baffling. Imagine that on like the uh, like driving license. Do you see the present or the past? Uh, I think I see the future. Uh, Get out. <laughs> okay, yeah. so, so hold on. Yep, yep, yep. There's more to Fate Weaver. Yep. There's more. Yep. Because in Age of Sigma, Archeon. Who, oh, who the, is basically Abaddon? Basically Abaddon. Basically Abaddon. Yep. Uh, only he achieves things. And gets things done. He's pretty beat sticky. He's good. He uses Fate Weaver yep. to literally tell him the future. Now, pause. Pause. But I have so many questions. Fate Weaver used to be that he saw all futures, but he didn't know which one was the correct one. Mm. So therefore, he made he's, a... he's useless. He could also bullshit you as well. He he could very deliberately yeah. bullshit you, like because it, what didn't it used to be? One head tells the truth, one head tells a lie. That's if people made it to him asking advice. He would give them two equally plausible stories of how their life would go. Yeah, and the chances were neither would happen because you try and adhere to one and then go fucking insane trying to work out if it was right or if you picked the wrong one, and everything would get ruined as a result. 
He just likes fucking with people. Yeah, and now Archeon uses Very him. Very <laughs> Yeah, Archeon uses him to, to tell the future. Yeah. And he's an absolute writer's crutch. Uh... And it really annoys me because they have these terrible moments where they just, they just shoehorn their lore. So with Fate Weaver, they just go, yeah, he tells the perfect future. Well, that's not his law. No, no, no. He just for this one, this one time he does. That. He, he does just because he can. And the Chaos Demon Codex also alludes to the fact that Zinch can do this with him, where he will just tell Zinch the future. Those are questions I had I about mean, Archeon. Can I? Can I? Can I? Okay, sure. Well, I, I was concerned about the fate of Age of Sigma. Well, I mean, not seriously, because it's Age of Sigma, but, you know... It if, might die, if, and we might get fancy. Oh, no! <laughs> no! The worst no, outcome. Oh, no. But if, if some chap who's a very powerful chap knows the future perfectly, like, that, that seems like a winning thing for him. Now, if, say, a god mm-hmm. knew the perfect future, I, I would have thought that would be kind of checkmate. No. No? Because, number one, yeah. Archeon is against Sigma. Sigma Sigma wins. Sigma is the reboot Gilliman on crack for Age of Sigma. Is he as annoying though? He is thrice. That's divided by three minus 0.5. So he's half as annoying. But he is responsible for Age of Sigma. So he's not as currently annoying, oh, but he's God. responsible for. He's this is, this is a bad. question for the ages. He's pretty bad. Because I mean, reboot Gilliman is you know reboot uh, no no. He's our kryptonite. Yeah. Age of Sigma. Sigma like brought Age of Sigma about. Yeah. I am afraid that Reboot Gilliman will bring about Age of Forty K. Look, Age of Forty K has already happened. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. No, no, it hasn't. It, it has not. No. Because Age of Forty K would be the Chaos I, Gods I, win. I, we hit the oh, reset button. I was talking about the idea that they've done a reboot. We've done a soft reboot with Forty K, which is much preferable. Like much preferable. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, but the next one will be a reboot. I, I, I've been saying this for a while. I'm scared of what happens if they do a full reboot. Yeah. So, I mean, Sigmar's worse. Sigmar is definitely worse. Yeah. Like, Age of Sigmar's fucking terribly written. It, like, it just, it hurts to look at because I loved Fantasy. Fantasy was crafted with a beautiful gilded pen. Age of Sigmar, you just shat in your fist and slammed it against a bit of paper. I can't remember the name of the writer. The one which you were mentioning where he was asked about, you know, what he thought of what happened with End Time. End Times is an episode we must do. Yeah. What happened with End Times in Age of Sigma and he just went, it's just incredibly I, sad. I want to say it's Alessio Calvatore. I think it was. But I I think, I know his first name's Alessio. Don't know about the second name. Like, it's somewhere near Calvatore or Cavatore. Yeah. Or Cavatore. <laughs> he, he just said it was incredibly sad to see a setting which so many very talented people had Put spent together. many years putting together to have which... it just be destroyed. With such little care and attention. Okay. <laughs> Back to Fate Weaver. That's that's why we kind of have a problem with Fate Weaver. Like, Fate Weaver's really awesome in himself. Mm. I really like Fate Weaver. But he, the writer's usage of him tends to have issues. Yeah, going like full writer's crutch on him fucks me off. So, oh, fucks and me off like a Archeon's turned up. Why? Because Fate Weaver told them to. But, yeah, what? Or it'd be Abaddon... Abaddon knows the next move after the Thirteenth Black Crusade because Fate Weaver appears to him and then tells him Rather and then th- fights for him. Yeah, it's like what? Why, why not have Abaddon be represented as being a talented general in of himself? So it's too late for that. He had twelve that's, uh, Crusades. That's true. That's very <laughs> talented true. Talented general yeah, has gone out the door. I think Harris is needed really to prop him up. 
Yeah, so, I mean, even if he knows the future, it's the same thing with Archeon. Like, they can never win. Even if they know the future, Reboot Gilman's just better. Because the Codex of Stardis accounts for knowing the future. That's how good it is as a fucking text. Oh, God. Horace beat it. Horace did beat it. Okay. That's a separate piece of information. <laughs> that's, that's a separate piece of information. That's the hot tip we were talking about. <laughs> Let's talk about Nurgle. Let's talk about Nurgle. My jolly grandfather fat boy. Let's talk about their two named greater demons. Let's talk yep. about let's talk about the original one, because the original one is great. This one gives you a really good idea of like how Nurgle works and etc. So there's Kugath, who was a great and clean one. No, he wasn't. I was about to say he wasn't originally. He used to be a Nurgling, like the tiny, less than shin sized things crawling around the place. Very very jubilant. Yeah, very happy. A little bit, uh, a little bit cheeky. A little bit cheeky. A little bit cheeky. But and, very lovable. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them always hanging around Nurgle. They just are. And because he's, you know, Grandfather Nurgle, he's always very happy to see him, very jovial. And they they also do things like the little Nurglings like try and help him, but they actually yep. hinder him. But he doesn't mind because oh. he's just the loving grandfather. Yeah, he likes their enthusiasm. Like, I think they're like four-year-old children. Like, they're chaotic, they're loud, they're noisy, they run around a lot, you know. Yeah. Great stuff. But he is just completely chill with it and relaxed. And that's how he is with all of his followers, like... He's the one who'll give everyone a gold star going, God damn, I'm proud of you. And he is. Yeah. Don't and piss him off, though. He does do, possess it. Dude, anger. fucking does piss him off. It. Okay, so, and he's always trying to work on the, the newest, latest plague. And one day he creates the perfect plague. Like, this would be it. And he leaves unattended in this huge fuck off cauldron. And the Nurgling Kugath falls in. I don't think it's unattended. I think Nurgle's there. But Kugath is swinging around on Papa Nurgle's body. And he falls in. He falls in. <laughs> Kugath then drinks the entire fucking thing. Which is impressive, because I'm not entirely sure how large the cauldron for <laughs> Nurgle will be. Like, that's... It, it contains oceans. It Pretty much. It contains oceans. He like, drinks the whole fucking thing. Old demon lore. Like, my god, just go get uh, the 4th or 5th edition demon codex. Whichever one it was. It's, it's awesome. It is awesome. It's worth the money. You'll find it on eBay super cheap. <laughs> Good stuff. It's great stuff. Anyway, so he falls in. He drinks the whole thing. And he turns into a great and clean one as a result. And Nurgle, he was happy for him. It was like, that, that was like Nurgle's life's work, if you know you can say that yeah. about a god. Yeah. And he achieved it. And he got completely ruined by a Nurgle and he just went, hey, that's pretty cool. You became a great and clean one. I'm happy for you. So we gave him a pat yeah. on the back. He loved Kugath. Yeah, he absolutely loved Kugath. That was awesome. And then, as a result, Kugath's character was that Kugath became a great scientist because he was trying to perfect the concoction that made him. Yeah, he, he felt guilty he about tried, it. He felt terrible yeah. that he had you know, ruined Nurgle's plan, but Nurgle didn't care. He was happy at the creation of Kugath. God, I love Nurgle. Fucking awesome I stuff. love him. He's so great. I want to give him a hug, but I think I would die. I think you would die. <laughs> like, you'd change position, I would be crushed or choked by awful miasma. I, I think like, he would, would you'd be dead bad. before you get to him. So bad, yeah. Just from terms of disease. Okay, then we, then, but then we just went, you know what, fuck it, fire that out of the airlock, no one cares about that, fuck Kugath, it's shit. Rotigus. Kugath is gone. Kugath is gone for no apparent reason. Rotigus. He the, vomits everywhere. The better, no, no, he's the rainmaker. Oh god, yeah, he is, isn't he? Everywhere oh. Rotigus goes, it rains. <laughs> Do you know why? I can tell you why. Because GW has recently grown a fetish. For heroes bringing weather-based weather powers. Weather-based powers. So we're going to have the Lord of Sunlight, Night Solaire, 
Hopefully he's a uh, Imperial Knight. I, I'm oh my fucking god! I need a preceptor to have a, called. I found my I found preceptor's name. Nice to Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. yeah. So we have. He's Imitech. got a laser beam and everything. He is meant to be Solaire. Yeah. Lightning bolt. Imitech the Stormlord. <laughs> That's a Dark Souls reference for everyone that Did... might have just been confused. Imitech yeah. the Stormlord. He brings lightning with him. Rodigus brings the rain. The terrible wet rain. Why? <laughs> Why does he do this? Because Nurgle's powers are all rain based. <laughs> yes. Nurgle <laughs> is known for being the rain god. Yeah. And that that's why Rodigus can chunder. Yeah, Rodigus just vomits everywhere. This is his law. It rains near him and he vomits. Yeah, because he's full of water. Like, water is just drawn to him and he vomits everywhere. Can you tell this is a character from Age of Sigma? It definitely is shoehorned into, like, 40k. Like, yeah. they, they definitely went, okay, we've got we've got Kugath. Kugath also existed in fantasy. Yeah. I like, don't forget, Kugath did exist there as well. Yep. Uh, like, cross-platform, cross-game. Yep. Rodigus now replaced him. Rodicus, I mean, we mentioned it last time, he looks like a sorcerer, but he's nothing to do with sorcery. Yep. Other than he is a great inclusion when they cast powers. Um, the other thing which uh, I'm kind of iffy about is that great unclean ones themselves mm. are meant to be very loving. Like, mm. kind of, again, they have nurglings, like, jumping around them, trying to play with them while they're marching to battle. Yep. And they'll just kind of gently scoop them along with their hands, like, come along, yep. go. out of the way. You know, and... They're just lovely. They're they also have the same mannerisms as they kill you. No, they don't. Do they not? No, they don't. Because if if you hurt their followers... Oh, yeah, if you hurt their followers... They suddenly they well. build into a, a, a really quite terrible anger, a rage, mm. because you've injured their followers. You know, you've you've hurt an innocent Nurgling. Yeah. Therefore, you will be destroyed oh, yeah, yeah. as a ten-ton mace falls on your face. Or they're just the great and clean one. <laughs> the great and clean one, yeah. They're quite ungainly yeah. with their legs. See, Rodigus is just... Uh, he His re- law is he it rains around him and he vomits. That's it. You have this fucking great piece of law with Kugath, which explains so much about, you know, Nurgle, his relationship with the Great Unclean, what the Great Unclean ones are. It says a lot about what Kugath, his motivations and goals. And then some fucker who vomits everywhere. It's like, well done, you understand this perfectly. I guess it's about sickness. So he's sick. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I don't know how that comes across on the microphone. You probably just deafen someone's right ear. Possibly, but uh, yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. it's really bad. But Great and Gleam was meant to be loving, and it says in Rodicus's law that he um, he makes other uh, Great and Clean ones jealous. They're jealous of him, and that's not really Nurgle's stick. Yeah, Shtick. sorry. Like, other Chaos Gods jealousy, yes. Intergod not, not jealousy. Really Nurgle. Yeah. Not really Nurgle, no. Nurgle's not the place for that. Yeah, he is like a very sickly form of communism. Everyone's all in it together. <laughs> Bad for your health, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's communism for you. Hey-o! Uh, Slash. Slash. Hey. How t- about we go through your name, <laughs> Greater Demon? Yeah. His name's Tim. <laughs> I, I made him up. Yeah. Because G-dubs didn't give a shit. We can talk about cre- uh, Keep of Secrets, though, and what they do. Yep, they're more interesting. Yeah. More interesting than nothing, it turns out. Slightly. 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 Yeah. Uh, So, Great and Clean... uh, Fuck it. (laughs) Keep of Secrets. Cos, or some say Cosm. Yeah. They are kind of scary. In that they are powerful psychers. They're also lightning fucking quick. They are terrifyingly quick to look at. Okay, whenever you see a spider run, I think that only faster and scarier and weirder. Especially when it's like 
those quick fucking spiders. Yeah, they're real quick, just lightning bolt spiders. I mean, we're from England, so there's probably some of you out there with, like, just ridiculously crazy, terrifying spiders. Australia. Australia. <laughs> we pity you for the spider situation. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. Or like those um, sand spiders in uh Oh, in Afghanistan, yeah. Yeah, where they yeah. follow your shadow. Yeah. There's a big fuck off spiders. Anyway. They're not actually spiders, are they? They're more crustaceans. Yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> hey. Spider facts. <laughs> more interesting than non-existent Keep of Secrets named one. Our new channel is <laughs> all about <laughs> crabs and spiders. Get to know your multi-legged friend. Back to the Keeper of Secrets. Yeah. Uh, so they got all that going for them. And also... The whole Keeper of Secrets thing. They know pretty much all of your deepest, darkest desires, as mentioned. And also all of your secrets. And your fears. Yeah. They know everything. And they play off of this. So you'll be there midway through battle, and it'll be basically speaking to you. There's a bit of lore which talks about how a dark elder person kind of transfixed with fear as a Keeper of Secrets tears through... I think squad. Yeah. Oh, Elder. Sorry, did I say dark elder? Elder. Tears through like a squad. A couple of squads. Getting to this chap. And all he can hear is the Keeper of Secrets basically just... Explaining how he knows about how he killed his brother. Understandable. It's very understandable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is fucking awesome. And I also got the impression, I can't remember the story word for word, but yeah. it's kind of like he stares at him, stares at this Eldar leader as he's just cutting his way so easily yeah. through everything in front of him. And then eventually he comes to this Eldar guy after riddling him with absolute fear the most brilliant and carefully considered manipulation you've ever seen in your life. He then kills him, and then tilts his head back and swallows the soul stone. Which, other than sounding like a euphemism, is fucking awesome. Because the soul stone the Eldar wear them to stop their souls going to snatch. The idea is that oh, they yeah. die so and their soul goes to the, the, the stone. Side effect of having your pantheon eaten. You don't have a heaven to go to or anything like that. So it, whenever they died, their souls went to Slaanesh and they suffered for eternity. So they had to build the soul stones to house their souls when they died. I, I mean, there's far more to talk about uh, with Eldar and Slaanesh. So I think yeah. we're going to put that to one side yep, for now. Fair enough. We'll just leave it there. Yep. Um, we have the mask we can discuss. We do have the mask. Yep. Who's there. there. <laughs> definitely there. She's definitely there. Basically, she was one of the most talented dancing demonettes you've ever seen in your life. A phrase that comes up a lot, it seems. But uh, basically, one day Slaanesh was pissed off about something. I can't remember the specifics, but it was something enough to annoy him, which is impressive. I don't think there were any specifics. He was just stewing on yeah, something. It was, it was one, he was pretty upset. One day where he was very upset. And so she took it upon herself to go, look, I dance. He likes me dancing. I will dance to cheer him up. And but she goes... She was his favourite dancer. She was his favourite dancer. dancer. Which yeah. does say something. It really does. This man knows his dancers. Like, like that. Back of his ass cheeks. Which he would know very well. So <laughs> she goes in to try to dance to cheer him up and dances, you know, dances the best, best dance, dance of her life. Except on this day, Zanesh is just angry and just sees it as like, right, everything which before would be like flattering or like whatever, he just doesn't care. It's just annoying him. And so he just cursed her to dance for all eternity. So she dances forever. The interesting bits though, because that's just kind of it and it's kind of dull. She also will act out various like plays and so on, well, in the form of interpretive dance. Uh, but while impersonating different characters, her face, facial features actually shift to impersonate them better or take on their form better, which is meant to be very weird and very creepy. I mean, it's cool. 
but it's not as creepy as the Keeper of Secrets. Nope, not at all. Like, there's a great piece of artwork in this book, um, where the Keeper of Secrets just has like black shark eyes, mm. and it's kind of screaming with sharp needle teeth and this mm. long forking tongue, and it grabs you, and the eyes roll back. <laughs> you see the whites jumping and tearing. Was out there for thirty days. No, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you went Devonian then. Yeah, went Devonian. Okay, so that was good until then. I was hooked. Yeah, yeah. Slash guys, slash keeper secrets. Just yeah. Yeah, the, the mask, mask is, is kind of ah. Th- this is what happens ah. when people aren't sure how to handle Slash. I guess we'll give him a name character, name keeper secrets. Nah, I don't know what to do. I'll make a demonette. What does she do? Dances. She's really good at it. Like, real good at dancing. But, like, she was cursed to dance. How about yeah, that? that's cool. Shyamalan twist, motherfuckers. Da, da, it's da, not da, a twist. Da, da, da. <laughs> it turns out she's your own mother. What? That's, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to discuss the... I was going to say the fun fact about Slanesh when it comes to the size of his lands, not euphemism. Yes. Yes, you would. Let's talk about that. Because yes. I want to save new law for a little bit. Let, let's yeah. build up everything that was the old. Yeah, everything that was old and everything interesting, old. or just random bits we like, because that's how chaos works. It's that's weird. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the format we're taking. Yeah. So, Zalesh's lands have always been the smallest, because he's the youngest, and he's a bit hard to just fight for his place in this weird place. By smallest, we also mean infinite, but roll with it. And as yet, though, the chaos gods couldn't get rid of him. And Chaos Gods have managed this with different things. Like, they have managed to kill beings in the warp who've tried to claim power. They can't do that with Slanesh, despite the fact he's clearly the smallest and weakest. Which scares them <laughs> quite a bit. Well, there's a really cool bit in the new Demon Codex. A really cool bit. Which doesn't quite go far enough, to my mind, but also far enough. Because it gives you an idea. Hmm. And the idea is that all the Chaos Gods, Korn, Nurgle, Zinch, secretly fear Slanesh as the true endgame. And mm. when I say endgame, I mean the one god that is in entire control of the warp. Yeah. That is the endgame for the Chaos Gods. Never mind the mortal realms. Mm. Don't forget that. Because especially it. if you're going with old lore, they can mess with reality as much as they want to. And so if they win the warp, they could then just do whatever to reality. Yeah, I mean, as you said, they could just make all followers of theirs demon princes. Yeah. If they wanted to, they have that power. Mm. And the cool thing there is that all of the gods see Slanesh as the endgame because all of them know that he can tempt them. Yeah. Which is awesome. So none of the Chaos Gods actually want to get that close to Slanesh mm. because they know that Slanesh can win them over. Because he is the Lord of Temptation. Like, Temptation is his wang. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you mean to say Thang? No, I meant to say Wang. His Wang is Temptation. Oh, we got it. There's a dog outside. Yeah, there's a dog outside. You might hear some crazy <laughs> stuff. But, Temptation. God, no! <laughs> Take us back, yeah. Um, so, that's just. It's great. I love mm. the fact that Slanesh. Is even tempting to the Chaos Gods because he should be. Yeah. He really should be. And I really dislike the fact. I mean, you may hear barking. I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it there's going on. There's a lot on. of that. But, um, yeah, Slanesh is such a cool god. 
And this is kind of why we were, we were so excited when they uh, Wrath and Rapture is Yeah. Slanesh is finally getting new stuff. It's like, he's not being forgotten. Yes! Yeah, and him coming back is just absolutely massive because he is one of the most interesting gods. Yeah. If not the most interesting. I would like to argue he is. And I love Nurgle, but I think Slanesh is more interesting. Yeah. And there's far more going on there. Yeah, he's had more of an influential role in 40k as a whole. Like, And he can tempt the other Chaos Gods. And he can tempt the other Chaos Gods. Like, Which is terrifying and awesome. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's so awesome. He's also the one which is the most scary for the Inquisition, by a long way. Oh, yeah, because just by kind of tapping into anything of his, you can be whispered to. Yeah. The promises can start coming well, in. Even if you're just an Inquisitor who's damn good at his job and thinks, I'm fucking great at my job, that may be enough to get him to turn up and go, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have an Inquisitor on my side? Do you want it to be just a little bit better at finding these people? You know how you have some issues with planetary governors now and again. Wouldn't it be better if they just couldn't help but agree with you? Wouldn't that be really useful in your task of hunting down demons? You're like, yeah, I guess it is. Other cool thing about Chaos Gods, when it's the talented writer, yep. um, is that they've said sometimes that the, the whispers from the Chaos Gods, you don't actually realise that it's something else in your mind. Yeah. It's just a thought to you. But it's actually Nurgle speaking to you. Mm. Or it's actually Slanesh tempting you. You know, so quite a lot... We have these uh, characters like Lucius or other characters more obsessed with their looks. Yeah. The vanity of Slanesh. Mm. And they are so self-indulgent that they don't even notice that Slanesh is controlling and manipulating them (laughs) and has been speaking to them for years. Because that's just what they would do. That's just... Yeah, exactly. Which is perfect. Like... (laughs) It's so really good. good. It's so good. Now, I'm going to bring back up the flag. Bring back up the flag of the Tau. The flag of the Tau. Hoisted. Because the Chaos Gods, you will notice that we kind of said that they're more about emotions mm. than beliefs. Yeah. Because there are sometimes, again, bad writers, Yep. where beliefs are manifestations within the warp. So they see Gork and Mork. Gork and Mork seem like a belief. Mm. Therefore, they exist. Chaos cults. Chaos cults believe in... Yeah, they, they believe in corn, so corn exists. Yeah, which but, is wrong. Yeah, it's entirely wrong. Because it's meant to be emotions. These things existed before they were known about. Like, corn has, at the very least, been around since, well, warfare existed, just by nature. You can, became a, all the, cause there were the three main chaos gods before Slanesh, who became a lot more powerful than mankind turned up, but no one was worshipping them. Like... Even knowing about them was stupidly fucking hard before the Eye of Terror got ripped open. Well, I don't know. You still had Chaos Cults. You did. You did have some species which could commune with them. Yeah. Or at the very least knew they existed. And there were maelstroms where the warp does exist before the Eye of Terror. Yeah, yeah. However. They do exist independent of belief. Yeah, which is great. And again, good writers understanding the law. Mm. And then you have the Tau Codex. And the Tau Codex specifies that the greater good has manifested within the warp. Yeah. Because of the human following. Which is awesome. Which is really, really awesome. Yeah. But it also kind of points out what a weird place the warp is. Yeah. Because this greater good entity is not 
anything to do with the actual Tao or the greater good yeah. or anything like that. It's just a manifestation. It's not even a good reflection of the belief of Sorry, the greater emotions. good. Yeah, because like the greater good itself doesn't line up with how this thing is. This thing is like the human feeling of the greater good rather than what the Tao believed in the greater good. It's weird and complicated and awesome. It is really awesome. And that thing exists in the same place as the Chaos Gods. So the Chaos Gods don't just crush anything that's in this realm. Because it, it's hard to do, because it's infinite. I'll be if anything gets sort of large enough to get their attention, they'll crush it. They'll crush it immediately. Or at least they should do. There's been one notable exception. <sighs> We're going to save that. Are we? We're going to save that. We are going to save that. That's sort of fucking Damocles. Because I want to talk about new law. All right. I want to talk about new law. All right. Now, new law. New we law. are entering into a simplified age of chaos. Yep. Chaos is shifting. Chaos is changing. It's adapting. It's evolving. It's also reducing. It's reducing a lot. It's, it's reducing an incredible amount. It, it, its scope has gone way down, and its capabilities have dropped massively. So now the chaos gods, instead of having this apocalyptic war of infinite scope, of ceaseless uh, activity. The warp is a setting which puts 40k normal to shame when it comes to there's only war. You fucking thought. (laughs) You fucking thought, boy. (laughs) Literally every being will at some point be at war within the warp. Yeah. It's just fact. Even the gardeners of Nurgle, the gentle guys going around sniffing things. uh, Yeah. They're going to be involved in the war. They're going to be involved. Now, a huge problem which arises from modern law, Mm. huge problem, is that the Chaos Gods aren't looking towards each other. They aren't looking inward anymore. All of their power, all of their resources has become about real space. Which, as we've covered over all of this, is a huge problem. Because if they wanted real space that badly, they should be able to get it. Infinite demon princes spawned them for anyone who challenges them. Oh, remove Gilliman. Spawn. Yeah. And especially with the Cicatrix Maledictum. Yeah. Because something that's really awesome, again, kind of mentioned in the Demon Codex, a little bit, I think, in like uh, Death Watch and uh, the uh, Grey Knights, just a little bit, is on the border of the Cicatrix Maledictum. Yep. There are demon planets. Kind of, you know, just on the edges of real space. Mm. Uh, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. It also means that demons demons used to be unstable. So yeah. when they when they entered the universe, when they entered real space, um, they could only be sustained for so long. Yeah. And, like, greater demons used to, uh, what's the word, stabilize them. Yeah. You know, around a greater demon, the demons were more likely to stick around. Yeah, they'd be less likely to fade back to the warp. Yeah, so and then they had this whole cut off the head and the body will follow or the body will die. Yeah. Uh which which was silly like so you kill the top bloodthirster and then everything dissipates below it. Yeah. Yeah. Secretus maledictum, eye of terror split open. Demons are no longer unstable. Yeah. Demons should be going crazy across the galaxy. Yeah, to the point where really nothing can stop them. I mean, you're talking is... infinite realms of infinite beings. Infinite realms of infinite beings. But not only that, the attention, the full attention of the Chaos Gods. Yep. So now we are left with one conclusion. These aren't the real Chaos Gods. <laughs> they aren't. 
somehow these are false imposters. How, this how is, much glue did you have? I, this no, is, no, no. There's not a section of the podcast I was privy to before this moment, but go on. I'm interested now. Batman. Batman. I'm leaving. Batman <laughs> as written by Frank Miller. Oh, God, yeah. Oh. Frank Miller wrote Batman in such a way... He, he, he did a good Batman. He did an original good Batman, which made everyone go, he's the guy who can write Batman. He did the, what was it, uh, Dark Knight Returns? Uh, yeah. The one where he beats up Superman. Yeah. Basically, he only beats up Superman because Frank Miller is the biggest Batman fanboy he's ever fanboyed. Otherwise, you know, Superman would just laser beam from a mile away. Anyway. <laughs> he then did a follow-up, which was all-star Batman and Robin, which, if you abbreviate it, becomes Asbar. Which is a pretty <laughs> accurate description of this. Like, I, I advise, if, if you're at all interested in this, go look at Linkaro's videos on it, because it's entertaining as shit. But in his videos, he basically explains that the Batman in this isn't Batman. He's so different and unpleasant and stupid, to the point where, in this comic, Robin's parents die. And within minutes, Batman kidnaps him. Batman's been keeping an eye on him. Batman, when he's doing like an intro thing, like, Dick Grayson! Brilliant, athletic, supple, age 10. It's like, what? Yeah, supple <laughs> is not. <laughs> that was like the mind. emphasis on his age. It's like, did you have to emphasize his age? Is this an important factor for you? And at one point, so he's, he's abducted this child. And he's like, oh, God. It's like, wait, who are you? Pfft. Are you retired or something? I'm the goddamn Batman. Quote from Frank Miller. And he's just incredibly unpleasant, nasty, and not at all Batman. It's very weird. He spends the entire time basically being a massive dickhole to everyone and being dumb. And the only reason why he wins anything is because the other characters are made to be even dumber. Because Frank Miller thinks Batman's the coolest ever. So, the man reviewing it called Batman in this comic Crazy Steve. He stopped calling him Batman. Like, this, is this, is a, this is a homeless man who broke into the Batcave somehow and stole the Batsuit. And is going around being a dick. And we we are in the Crazy Steve era of the Chaos Gods. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we have two conclusions. We have two conclusions. Have two conclusions. Either, either these aren't the real Chaos Gods. Yep. These are falsehoods. Yep. These are just... I'd be, I'm impressed to see how that works out, because they are coming from the warp. Oh, yeah, the Chaos Gods are mad about it. <laughs> the <laughs> real ones. I mean, they're going to smash some dicks. Second option yep. is we have completely rewritten the warp. We have completely rewritten it. Yeah. So the Chaos Gods are shite. Uh, ineffectual as fuck. There is no power. Yeah. The Chaos Gods do not have any more power. Because otherwise they make everything Demon Princes. Or they just shatter reality by reaching out from the warp. Yeah, oh, just the basic idea of these when these things go to war, specifically Korn, that when he has stable demons that can come from just about anywhere or a huge space of the galaxy... That's an unstoppable war just by nature, because the more you fight it, the more demons there'll be, the more powerful corn becomes. This is literally unstoppable. The Blood Crusade. The Blood Crusade. The Blood Crusade was a crusade of eight different armies of corn, ranging from cultists to full-on demon armies. Because eight is his number. Because eight is his number. Like, sending any more... Like, sending 88 of them... 88 waves... <laughs> That's just stop being stupid. Be eight too is much. the number, guys. Yeah, eight, eight is the number. Just eight. How large can those eight be? Only eight. So eight is the number. Yep. And they do pretty well. They'd get a lot of shit done. They get a lot of shit done. They do more shit than Chaos Demons have done in a long time. They did more shit than Mortarian did. Did more shit than Mortarian did. Way more shit than Mortarian yeah. did. Yeah. And even they got defeated. Yeah. They didn't have any named leaders or anything. They didn't just, have any it was named just leaders. Some corn followers. And this was a massive sin of fantasy. 
fantasy would just say a random Konami turned up. When you say fantasy, do you mean end times? I mean end times. End times. of fantasy end times. Yeah. So you had like these great uh, full-bodied racers. Yep. So you have like the dwarves. They would have all their lore fleshed out. They would have a history. They would have, you know, reason behind every action. They would have fucking, you know, traditions. You know about their culture, etc. They had a culture, yeah. A random Konami led by an unnamed leader who we'll not even bother to name defeats them. They're just wiped out. They're just wiped out. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, what happened to the Ultramates? Unnamed Konami just fucking wiped them out. That's what happened. Mortarian. Why did Mortarian's crusade into Ultramar end? Because a random Konami without a named leader threatened his advance. Yeah, he turned up and started attacking from behind. Heh. But also, What? Like, all of a sudden, the Chaos Gods are infighting again when it serves the Ultra Brains. Yeah, like, because the, the other thing about End Times, which we, we didn't... Sorry, not End Times, not End Times, but Warhammer 40k Reboot Edition, Yeah, uh, which we forgot to mention, is that not only are the Chaos Gods with their full attention on... 40k Mark II Electric Rebootaloo. Rebootaloo, right. <laughs> yeah. With with all the Chaos Gods, with all their attention on the Mortal Realm. Yep. I keep saying Mortal Realm, that's Age of Sigma, I'm very sorry. Real space. Yep. They are also meant to be partially united in this front. In in, in current law, they kind never, of are. Yeah, they've never specified it. But it's kind of, yeah, the demons are all working together. We don't oh, see don't... demon armies clashing in real space. They don't, they're not doing that. Well, wasn't the Blood Crusade brought back? Yes, very nicely. The Blood Crusade yeah. stopped... The eight tendrils of corn, smashing dicks and taking names, was yep. called back because Zinch told corn to bring them back. The amount of problems with this is unreal. Like, ignoring the whole hating psychers thing because we have a lot more to get through. Corn was doing his thing. His thang. He was doing his th- He was also being unstopped while doing his thing. Second of all, the Chaos Gods know each other, for fuck's sake. It isn't like, oh shit, this bird thing turned up and gave me some pretty good advice, I guess I'll follow him. No, Corn has known this guy for eternity, because again, time also passes differently in the warp. Like, some things have gone into the warp during the heresy and only just come back out and thought days have passed. Or, they've stepped in for a day and it's lasted eternity. That kind of thing. So he fucking knows Zinch. So he knows he's completely fucking untrustworthy. And useless. And useless. And useless. Primarily useless. <laughs> yeah, sadly. And But apparently, I see he went back. Why? The only reason for this is A, shit writing. B, shit writing even still. And C, because they kind of want chaos to be working together, because they kind of want to have an end times. I keep saying it. It's scary. That's going to happen. It is scary. And then the whole Abaddon thing, they're all uniting behind Abaddon. Yep. Uh, which I don't mind, because he's meant to have chaos undivided. Yep. But just the way that the Chaos Gods are too happy being with each other. Yep. And they're trying to take real space. They're all looking towards real space. They're not turning everything into demon princes. Uh, there's also a bit where it mentions in the book, it gives you the numbers behind what Nurgle sent with Mortarian. What demons <laughs> went with Mortarian against Ultramar. And it says, like, you know, in total, there's probably about 100 plague bearer legions or cohorts. Yep. And it, it leads you to the, the, the conclusion, and given the numbers of everything else, that it gives you like seven. There were seven beasts of Nurgle. That number is at least 20,000 times too small. 
at least. Like, like no, like, it should have been huge. It should have yeah. been everything. But no, it's tiny, so... Also, these guys get the souls of their followers, by the way. So, like, followers of Slash become demonettes. Followers of Nurgle become plague bearers. Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And these things can't die either. Got to, got to make unless the unless the Grey Knights, because they can kill demons somehow. These things don't die, so they have an infinitely growing horde of infinity, <laughs> which they can just add to by creating more. And chaos worship should have gone off the fucking charts yep. because, you know, when it was just the Eye of Terror, yep. Inquisition could keep a lid on it. Yep. However, it's everywhere. Demons are everywhere now. Like, mm. psychers should be going crazy. There should be all this psychic shenanigans going on. Demonstrations mm. of the power of the gods. Okay, but even, like, going just to the back to Mortarian being attacked from behind by an unnamed corn army. Taken from behind, please. This also shows a complete fucking misunderstanding of the law by the writer, in that... Nurgle's the wrong one. I know... Oh, sorry, corn's uh, the wrong one for Nurgle. Like, yeah, I get the fact that you love your unnamed corn armies because you have no fucking originality and don't know what the fuck you're doing. But... Slash... If you want someone to back, no, sorry, Zinch. Zinch. Oh, I was thinking corn earlier. Yeah, no, it's tricky. Yeah, <laughs> Zinch is tricky. Uh. Yeah, if you want Zinch turning up to backstab Nurgle. Why? Because they fucking hate each other. They have that, that rivalry. Yeah, it shows off that relationship between the Chaos Gods because you understand what you're doing a little bit. The best example: Star Wars Episode Seven. At the end of Star Wars Episode Seven, Leia turns to uh, God. I forget his name. What's his name? The Stormtrooper. Finn. Finn. She turns to Finn and hugs Finn after something happens. Oh, yeah. Spoiler warning, something happens. Something which happens was maybe sad seven for her. Maybe sad. Who could say? And she hugs Finn, this new Stormtrooper guy she met, instead of She's Chewbacca. She's met once. Instead of Chewbacca. <laughs> who it may have also been sad for. Who could say? I, I don't know. Who, he was involved. Yeah. Something he, could have happened. Yeah. And so... what? And people were upset about this because, you know... It's a betrayal. It's a real betrayal. It's and a betrayal of the law. Mishandled and just... And, uh, what's his name, the guy that directed it? J.J. Abrams. Yeah. He himself admitted that he, it was a mistake. Yeah, he apologised. Which is great. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like with 40K with this whole unnamed corn army. It's like, no, you're not even paying attention to your own law now. And yeah. that's what pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Mortarian gets called back because Corn's fucking up his shit. However, Corn gets called back... Because Zinch tells him to come back. It's different. That, that was the Blood Crusade where that happened. That means that Reboot Gilliman can get out his little mop, his little sexy uh, cleaning outfit, and do the the whole fucking, what's it called? Domitus Crusade? Yeah. Which was 112 hun- years. Where 112 cl- years where to clean up, up the galaxy. Yeah. All, all of the like incursions caused by demonic forces. 112 years. Do you know how fucking big the galaxy is? Like It's uh, pretty small. No. When, you, when you look at it sideways... Okay. It's pretty small. No Man's Sky. That had um, an accurate amount of planets as would be in a galaxy, thereabouts. Give or take a few million, whatever, billion, whatever. And people went, look, if um, a player visited every planet for one second with no travel time in between, it would take since the dawn of time till beyond the heat death of the universe to visit them all. So Reboot Gilliman, <laughs> having huge swathes of the galaxy, he's just gone to and fought wars on and had travel time yeah. and sorted it all out, can fuck right off. I mean, it is also meant to be in conjunction with Primaris Marines elsewhere. Like, yes. It's not just Reboot Gilliman personally, 
But also, he I led mean, the crusade. It's very game. much implied that he got his great big holy terror dick out. Yeah, and yeah. saved the Imperium of Man with his holy dick. And all the space, all the space marines, all of them, just went. My God, he's the most perfect man ever. What a chiselled set of abs. Well, every secretly, every space marine wants to be an ultramarine, as said by Matt Ward. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Anyway, getting off topic. We're smacking on a bit there. <laughs> The average war, like four years for a war in 40k on one planet, that's like a short war. Yeah. 60 years. 60 years is like medium to getting on a bit. Yeah. 112 years for one war on one planet would be a long war. Arguably, like, because these didn't still have examples like Armageddon. Like, it... Yeah. Armageddon's, like, I don't know, nearly thousands of years. Not a thousand, sorry. It, it definitely hundreds of years. I don't know, it's been going on a fucking long time. Yeah, but yeah, like 112 years is a long war, but it's not really that long in terms of how long wars in 40k can go on for. Like, for one planet. For yeah. one planet. That's sensible for one planet. If yeah. you told me Reboot Gilliman fought Angron on a planet for 112 years, I think, yeah, that yeah. seems about right. Yeah, because you're also dealing, dealing with demons yeah. on demon worlds. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, so the, the Indomitus Crusade and the whole demon problem... Like, it's huge. It's really huge. And the way that they just dropped the whole reboot game... Like, there's literally a line of text like, and the Indomitus Crusade takes 112 years. And we clean up the universe. And there's no kind of, like, reboot Gilliman just fought for 112 years and then decided... This isn't I've got going... bigger fish to fry. I'll leave yeah. this to our subordinates to try and sort out because I need to face, like, the bigger threats. And it's also not, like, meant to be a propaganda lie where he just says, no, don't worry, we did it. Yeah, if, if it was in the Tower Codex. <laughs> like behind him, like, shit's going crazy. It's like, no, don't look over there. Yeah. We did it. It's all clean. Oh, God. Yeah, so the Chaos Gods, just, they're no longer an insidious threat. No longer they insidious. They are no longer an endgame option. They're no longer capable <laughs> in any way. Which is really sad because they used to be so awesome. Like, I felt like I should have been shredding some excellent licks on a... The fuck are you on about? On <laughs> <laughs> an electric guitar. I tried to use my Bill and Ted knowledge. I don't know about guitars. Clearly! I don't know what an instrument is. Barely. I mean, you know, bongo, that's an instrument. <laughs> that's as far as my knowledge goes. Anyway, shredding some metal licks on an... On a not, guitar. Not part of this conversation. <laughs> For the old cast gods. New yep. cast gods is kind of maybe a sad bit of... It's me grabbing the writer by the lapels and screaming, what the fuck are you doing? For the next 20 years. Like, just repeatedly. That's, that's his life. That's... Sorry, what was what was that? <laughs> no, if, you're say, no, if you're saying that you know, the new chaos gods is just going... Oh, I was like, no, yeah. this is what the new chaos gods is. me going, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, so I mean, the threat doesn't feel real. It should be very real. If, if you're going down the and they are going down the route of chaos versus the Imperium, what? <laughs> this is a complete wrong way to do it. Like yeah. you're probably more geared up to have a war between. Well, they are more geared up to have a war between them and the Orcs because yeah, yeah, Gazi's yeah. gearing up to do something with the Octario sector. I mean, I think personally, yep, gonna just chuck it out here now. Yep, I think they went the wrong way with Eighth Edition. Completely, they decided Eighth Edition was going to be Imperium versus Chaos. It shouldn't have been. It should have been Imperium. Versus Xenos. Yeah. Xenos should have stepped up their game. Because Imperium versus Chaos, we've had that for ages. That has been the conflict of 40k. And I understand the fact that it's iconic as shit. It is iconic as shit. The best fucking picture in all of 40k is the epitome of uh, Imperium versus Chaos, which is the Emperor versus Horus. But, can we have something new for once? 
Like, they have created space to say the Xenos can rise as a result of the Imperium being busy with the Indominus Crusade. Oh, wait, that took a second. Yeah. Oh, wait, <laughs> like, that's done. Yeah, oh. Exactly. Like, everyone can now expand now, can they? Reboot got it handled. They'll just go over and kick the entire dick in of their empire in a yeah. second flat. And the whole, like, just... Okay, Chaos was meant to be the biggest threat. Yeah. Right? But And Chaos was such a threat in old law yeah. that even the return of a Primarch was not enough to stop true Chaos. Right? Yeah. Because it was more insidious. <laughs> just just hold on there. Yep. And Xenos would never win. I'm just going to say, Xenos are never going to win, guys. Don't look to them. It's not going to happen. Because you might have Gazgol, Mag Urg, Big Boy, Thraka. Yep. You could have the Swarm Lord. Yep. You could have Imotech, the man with the lightning. The lightning man. I mean, it's terrifying. He literally controls the weather. <laughs> Skin's but they have Reboot Gilliman. He's the weatherman. Reboot Gilliman beats any of them. Yeah. And you're never going to get a, an orc writer with the balls to say no, Gasgol no, no, punches Reboot. He never I, even no, touches No, Reboot. I reckon the writers do have the balls too. Be the editor who says no. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. D- yeah, it depends on the writer. Exactly. So yeah. Xenos are never going to win. Yeah. And Chaos were always going to win should they get the foothold. Yeah. However, what's happened in 8th? They gave them the foothold and went, but we don't want them to have a foothold. Let's just make them useless. Yeah, we gave them the foothold, but we knocked the sails completely out of their winds. We smashed the foundations beneath them, and we lobotomized corn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's just what's happened. Yeah, poor corn. So they tried to step up the the threat. They tried to step up the whole... Oh shit! You know the things are things are real now. I mean, they you thought they were real in the forty first millennium. Well, the forty first millennium is now lasting even longer. It's gone into overtime, baby, because the calendar was wrong according to your boot. Yeah, (laughs) we are technically now in overtime. Fact. Yeah. So as Uh, (laughs) as wild and freewheeling as that entire conversation was, the chaos demon law in the modern codex. Do you not want to discuss that one extra thing? That that's coming after this. Oh, sorry, I thought you were building to a finale. This is your finale voice. This is your this, now no, th- this is with my the finale. final thing, the finale voice of the Chaos Demon Codex. You this, do that every time. This is my finale. But there's the other the thing. Chaos Demon Codex. But there's the other thing. No, there's there's more finales coming. Oh, good God, no! There's maybe six more finales. You are followers each. <laughs> no, follower of Nurgle. It's just chaos. It's true chaos. You have to keep count of the amount of times I go into finale voice. No! You're a plague bearer now. No. Welcome to the course, huh? <laughs> Tell him, man. Tell him, me banana. That's probably racist. <laughs> Just get on I with it. Know. Chaos Demon Codex. Final thoughts. It's a weak book. It's a weak book. It's a weak book in terms of rules. Yeah. The law is kind of just rehashing old law for yeah. a lot of it. Some of it is pretty good. Some of it... Uh... Yeah. Namely Eroticus, but I don't think that's so much a fault of the writer well, of the book. Is more of a... It's, well, it was in Age of Sigma, so it's got to be in 40k. One thing we forgot to mention, which I do want to mention. Yep. Scarbrand. Mm-hmm. Scarbrand got thrown under the Reboot Gilliman-shaped bus. Because uh, when, when Reboot was returning to Terra, oh. two big things happened. Yeah. And when I say big things, I mean, this is like getting a small stone in your shoe and then saying, that kind of hurt a little bit. I'll just take the stone out. Yeah, Scarbrand. Scarbrand attempted to stop Reboot Gilliman. Well, the, the... He fought Reboot Gilliman. Yeah. The most exciting thing Scarbrand has done in a long time. In fact, the most exciting thing 
that they could have written about in the Chaos Codex. This is hot, steaming, foaming, frothy law. <laughs> right. It's hot from the press, right? Yeah. In the book, it just goes, and Scarbrand fought reboot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just one throwaway what? line. <laughs> like, just like this throwaway line. Like, like, this yeah. is like the most relevant bit of lore you've added here, yeah. which has the most ramifications. He just fought him. Nothing else? <laughs> yeah, just like at the end. And Rodigus toppled the Imperium. Anyway, well, who wants no, to hear about Chunder? It leads me to believe that Scarbrand did something kind of useful in that look. If, if Reboot had dicked him, they'd be going, and he got dicked. He got dicked for seven days straight because <laughs> Reboot Gilliman's number is seven. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> he dicked him for infinity days because Reboot Gilliman's infinite. But if he, say, bitch slapped Reboot just once and then got his shit kicked in, then yeah, be like, oh, you fought him, nothing happened. <laughs> Also, by the way, I, I've now realised with saying that's the most awesome thing that could happen, I really want, if they ever fucking bother, to have a named uh, Keeper of Secrets. Just give them a thing like the Nesh where he just popped into existence and did something awesome. Do it. Be cool. Maybe repeating the Nesh, but I need something. Uh, I, it- just, I just have it that he comes out of the warp and doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And just shits up everything. Yeah. Just shits up everything. Anything that gets in his way, he just shits it up because he's slow Nesh. And, you know, fuck it. <laughs> Literally, fuck it. It's Slanesh. True. So, Kev Steenbook. Yeah. They've, they've missed the mark. They missed the mark. They missed the mark. And I kind of feel like the 8th edition Kev Steenbook Codex was written by someone that was very heavily told Here's the what Imperium you have to needs get done. to be winning. Yeah. The Imperium needs to be winning. Don't give these guys much to go on. Yeah. This is a stopgap book. This is just a, to get demons out. Yeah, there. we need to get demons out there. So this, if we're doing an edition all about chaos and the Imperium, we need chaos out now. However, if you want an edition about chaos and the Imperium, you can't just give everything to the Imperium. You no, know? you can. You can. I mean, give them fifteen factions. Give give them fifteen factions. But the Chaos Demon Codex, <laughs> which is meant to be massive, demons are meant to be in their their height. Yeah. It's a shite book. Yeah. It's a shite book. It's a bad codex for 8th. Well, no. It, Nurgle Lovely demons. artwork. Nurgle demons. Lovely artwork. Nurgle demons are very strong. Nurgle demons rules-wise are very strong, but otherwise it's just sad all around. Sad, bad, sad. Yeah. So, out of 10, I would give it a Nurgling being sat on, but not in an affectionate way. I would give it a reassuring pat on the back and say it's okay. Oh, that's nice. It's okay. Because <laughs> like, nice it's not its fault. It was the victim of being one of the first books. It does try. And it's clearly some editorial pressure in there. It's like, well, you, you did your best. You had a go. Although, and speaking of sadness... Speaking of... Are, are, we not, are, we not, are we not addressing that yet? Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. I have another one. D- good God. I have another one. Right. Okay, so, Galdor <laughs> Drogo. That's... Just get this piece of shit out of the way. The name that is terrible. It inspires fear and anger. So we've complained in this episode alone about Matt Ward in reference to saying all space marines want to be ultramarines secretly um, in relation to the Necrons all becoming Egyptians, in relation to Imhotek summoning storms, numerous other places, I'm sure. But that's just the ones I can think of at the top of my head. So when you got the Grey Knight Codex... And went, you know what? Let's just turbocharge them and make them the coolest dudes ever. And I mean, this is a few editions ago. Now. Yeah, this is a few. And the Grey Knight Codex has tried its best to recover from that, without also shifting too much. But 
it, it still bears the scars. <laughs> Basically, Keldor Drogo. You know, fuck it, he's like the coolest man ever, and like, he can do anything, and like, he's cursed to be in the warp at all times, but he's so like, pure, like he just is the purest boy, and he did, like, he burnt the gardens of Nurgle, and no, he did. He did. He burnt the gardens of Nurgle. He, it, they didn't say it outright, but they really heavily implied he made it through the um, labyrinth of Zinches. Don't know what he did to Korn, and I don't think he went anywhere near Zanesh for his own sake. Yeah. But, He's he's also destroying like huge amounts of demons in there. Oh yeah. He's kicking dick every day. And Keldor Drogo used to be or still is the grand master he's the, of the Grey Knights. Yeah. And the way that he achieved Grandmaster is Mortarian. A ah. Yep, just I mean this this bit really physically hurts me. Uh Mortarian is my guy. He's meant to be my guy. I mean, I, I meant to represent Grandfather, so I guess I have to love him. He's a bit of a failure. <laughs> You're a Death Guard player. <laughs> yeah, he he killed the original Grandmaster. So Kaldor was just a master, I believe. And there was a Grandmaster above I him. I wouldn't be surprised if Kaldor was just a dude who uh, Matt Ward just went, you he, know what, it'd be cool if. Yeah, he, he might have just been a dude. I, I don't know. Yeah, But Mortarian kills the Grandmaster, the original. Yep. Uh, Kaldor Drogo then says, not on my fucking cocksmith. Word for word. Why he brought the cocksmith that, with him, no one knows. But I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but he then kills his way through Mortarian's bodyguard. Yeah. He then fights Mortarian in one-on-one combat. Mortarian's bodyguard, by the way, some of these fuckers have been around since the heresy. Yeah, like, you don't fight Mortarian's bodyguards. Like, yeah. you, you just don't do it. Yeah. You just don't do it. Yeah. And then to fight Mortarian himself... Yeah. Like, you should be dying for being close to Mortarion. You but should just be dying. he's wearing a helmet. First of all, he's a character in 40k. He's not wearing a fucking helmet. Yeah. Second of all, I don't think it matters. Like Mortarion is so caustic, he's just rubbing off on everything. That's not... It's not, not caustic. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, even metal should be decaying around him. It yeah, should just it, be rusting, yeah. corroding, even if it's the strongest fucking metal in the galaxy. It, yeah, just torn apart. He then brings Mortarion low with a great blow to the chest. Yeah, he, he smacks Mortarion down. Climbs atop him. Climbs atop him. Carves open his chest. And remember, he's... I think, I think he just pulls off Mortarian's armour. I think which I believe is, that pulls off. But Yeah. And the other thing about Mortarian's armour is that Mortarian's armour is his original heresy armour. Yeah. So like, this, and it's, like, sealed and fused to him. This is absurdly powerful archaeotech. Which he just Buffed carves through. Buffed by demon nonsense. Buffed by demon nonsense, which he just carves through, gets to his heart. By the way, any of the caustic shit we're mentioning should go into overdrive. Yeah, like, if you open a hole in Mortarian... Like you a should swollen, be bloated, dead body full of disease, which you then prod and it starts leaking and gas goes everywhere. Like, yeah, like this guy is definitely not to be fucked with. Not that I've prodded dead bodies and gas has gone everywhere. Yeah, that's kind of weird. So, basically, <laughs> he then does that. It's completely unfazed. He then carves his... No, no, no. He, he carves the name no, he of carved... the dead Grandmaster. I... Yeah, that's it. Okay, I did he... check it. You did check it? Okay, because I thought he carved Mortarian's true name, which I thought was Mortarian, but... <laughs> no, I think for a while it was meant to be Mortarian's true name, which was the name that the Emperor gave him, and he was given the name Mortarian on his planet, which ah. is like similar for all the Primarchs. Yeah, but like um, true names don't mean shit in 40k. Yeah, true names don't mean shit. Anyway, and th- that's why it was meant to banish him originally. That's why Mortarian was out of the law for a long time. Anyway, so he cast the name of the Grandmaster on Mortarian's second heart, which is still Mortarian's it's heart. It's incredible and, oh, penmanship oh, for a man with a broadsword. Oh. I, yeah, and 
don't forget, there's more Mortarian's bodyguards around. There's a whole fucking battle going on. There's Mortarian he, himself. Mortarian himself, who's just lying there. Yeah, he he's could just, just roll there, over, taking it. Like, it's the worst bit of law ever. Yeah, it is terrible. Terrible. It, the whole like, oh, he's fighting in the in the warp all the time, just killing demons all the time. That could be cool. It could be an example. is 2016's Doom. If you want to see the example of a guy just going proper angry and killing demons because he's awesome, go look at that. This is the wrong setting for that though, completely. Yeah. Because. As we were saying earlier, the attention of the Chaos Gods spawned him. Like, if you burnt the Gardens of Nurgle, you'd get his attention. Yeah. And you would be done. Let alone if you were even in the... If, if you were in real space, you'd be absolutely done. Say you somehow managed to not be turned into a spawn immediately. Do you know how many of Nurgle's followers would be sent to you? Yeah. I mean, literally every single gardener at Nurgle's disposal, every single demon prince would be sent for you. Yeah. And just attacking Nurgle's Garden itself, Nurgle's Garden is meant to be what Mortarian should be, in that it is the realm of disease and everything. So if you're not insanely resilient, like insanely resilient, borderline Nurgle follower resilient, you will die. Keldor Drogo just sets fire to this. And if you're within the warp, let's forget real space, you are within the warp. You are a psyker, but you're also in the realm of the god and... Technically, on him. Yeah. If you're in his realm, yeah. burning his garden. Yeah. Nurgle should have instantly rewarded him with spawndom. So I want to know how he's navigating the warp as well, because these realms are kind of infinite. Just, I'll just run for the border. That border can go on forever if Nurgle wants it to. He probably will, as he chases you down and murders you. Yeah. There's also meant to be armies clashing all, all the, time. the time, all over the place, all the time. Like, there's no way that you just turn up and you're just free to walk through the warp. But no. he's just so cool and good, guys. Like, because, like, I wrote him to be. Do you not understand? I wrote him to be like this. So he's perfect. Look into my eyes. <laughs> I wrote him. Secretly, this way. all Death Watch people want to be him. Secretly, the no- the Chaos Gods want to be him. From it's the my, kind of thing he would fucking write. From my perspective, write. I want to be him. <laughs> now, hold on. Now, we have perfectly, absolutely perfectly retconned. Right. Kaldor Drogo. Yeah. And there is one solution. He never met Nurgle. He never met Korn. He never met Zinch. He only ever went to the realm of one Chaos God. And he is still there to this day. Yeah. No Davy Jones, I step back into real space every 10,000 years. No. Just that. No, I'm yeah. the ultimate hero. No, I layeth the smacketh down on a demon Primarch. No, I burn the, the, the gardens of Nurgle. No, I am the greatest hero the Imperium has ever had. That seems very questionable. Yeah. Just raises too many questions. <laughs> yeah, the man who flipped off corn and giggled. Because that, that room we mentioned earlier, that, that bit of the journey towards Lanesh. That room where everything happens that you wanted it to be. That really perfectly explains all of Kaldor Drogo's shit. It perfectly fits in. I mean, you can argue that, what about the times he's actually seen in real space? Yeah, it doesn't work so well there. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. unfortunately, The the sad truth is... This is definitely not the case. This is definitely not the case. He is going around kicking the dicks of every god, spitting in the face of the all-powerful beings. Uh, Who should just destroy him. Who should just destroy him. Yeah. Um, unless he has the blessing of all four of them, in which case it's very confusing. <laughs> so, I mean, our retcon 
is so fun. Yeah. Is a lot of fun because I hate Keldor Drogo. I want someone who's not Matt Ward to write Grey Knights and then just say, whoops, Keldor Drogo doesn't exist anymore. Then we can have some other, like. Actual just- notable heroes who are interesting rather than, I'm just the best at everything because I'm so cool. Like, guys, look at me even being cool. Aren't I cool? I'm the yeah. best. That's and, all he is. And the only reason that he's at any battlefield is that he has stepped out from the warp to take part in that battle. It's warp, like, come on. Warp travel is meant to be unreliable as fuck. It really is. Like, all the engines and shit for travelling through the warp are unreliable. Like, even arriving on time, or in the right time, is really hard to do. There was an entire section of the Inquisition, the Ordo Cronus, which was dedicated to try and keep track of time because the warp fucks with it entirely. Ships would turn up before they set off. Like, <laughs> that kind of thing happens with warp travel. Ah, Kalor just could fucking do it, like, because, like, he's... I'm, like, so cool, like, I can just... I can, like, use the warp however I want, because I'm so powerful, the warp works for me, and I'm, like, I just teleport to real space, like, doesn't matter. I mean, th- this should have been in the main body of the episode. But I'm just going to say now, that that's another thing to completely discredit chaos in the current edition, is warp travel is super simple. Yeah, like, now, in, this, in, like, 8th edition, warp in, travel in just edition, is... Like, the Indomitus Crusade, originally should have been a fucking organisational nightmare. Yeah. Because no... like you Although it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been, because Rabu is the best administrator the world's ever seen. Yeah, sure. But you have 1,000 ships enter the warp. Yeah. They will all travel at different speeds through time yeah. through the warp and then arrive not necessarily at the correct location. And some of them won't even make it full some stop. Some of them won't make it full stop. Some may turn up in the heresy. <laughs> some of them turn up in the heresy. You know, weird shit happens. However, now it's just like, yep, it works just like we want it to. Yep. The warp is calm. Yeah. Something has happened. This is the crazy Steve of warp. All of warpdom has become crazy Steve. Maybe a bigger chaos god has turned up and is now just petting the communal belly of the chaos gods and they've rolled in the back and gone, ah. And that's why the warp is calm. And and nothing's happening because they're just laying back going, God, having a belly rub's pretty cool. (laughs) I don't know. God, it's all awful. I, either you have the gods that are indifferent and not much happens, or you yeah. know they're looking inside, they're looking to real space, and shit has to go down. Shit has yeah. to go down. Okay, so that's Keldor Drogo done. Yep. The biggest piece of shit in the fan. Like it's clogging the blade. The blade's not spinning. It's Keldor Drogo time, baby. Oh, I want that to be full like noir. Like gotta clean up the city, but there he is at the head of it all. The eyes roll back. <laughs> <laughs> it all just becomes that. Yeah. Got a of biggest shit in the fan. Biggest shit in the fan. I had two cigarettes in my mouth at the time. Neither of them lit. Neither of them lit. Pistol holstered, clutching the cold metal against my cheeks. <laughs> Take out my lighter. <laughs> the flip rolls back. <laughs> See the white? <laughs> Yeah, so that's Caldor Drogo, a little extra. <laughs> yeah. Next one is a really cool one that we spoke about months ago, and we've actually seen some other guy posit this on Reddit. Which My is... memory is that of five minutes. Good. <laughs> it's great that this guy posted it on Reddit. Really awesome. And the whole thing is Marnius Kalgar. Marnius Kalgar should fall to Sulnesh. Because Marnius Kalgar's thing was he was the greatest hero of the Imperium because he was written by Matt Ward in a time where Reboot Gilliman was not there he, to be... He existed... Before Matt Warden was great. Then Matt Warden turned up and went, he's just the best ever, and everyone else wants to be him. Even he's... the Carcharodons want to be him, because he's so cool. Yeah, they wish they could adhere to the Code of he's like the, he's the most. He's the most strategic man who ever strategied. Then Reboot came around and just 
Basically, Matt Ward had been locked in his... He locked himself in his room for a good few days and emerged spent. Yeah, spent like an absolute penny. Because <laughs> Marnius Kalgar was the boy of boys. He was meant to be the greatest, best-looking, greatest fighter ever, greatest general ever. Yeah, but really he should have been the, mo- the greatest jack-of-all-trades ever. <laughs> yeah, he just did everything. Uh, and Rabu turns up, and he's just better. Yep. He's just better. Marnius Kalgar, there used to be posters of him. Elsewhere in the Imperium, Holy Terror itself was like borderline worshipping this guy. Thanks to Matt Ward. Thanks to Matt Ward. Like, he's everywhere. He's, yep. uh, what's the word? Omnipresent? Yep. You know, he is the Lord of Ultramar. That is all stripped away from him when Reboot turns back. Yep, he's suddenly That's second up. fiddle as fuck. He's second fiddle as fuck. He is, you know, doing nothing. Yeah, he is irrelevant now. He's gone. He's the, no longer the saviour yeah, of humanity. Imperium doesn't give a shit about him. He's just a cog. Yeah. Hence, he should fall to Sarnesh. Now Sarnesh coming up with this big reveal. I would love it if they did a new Minus Kalgar model. I really plastic would. Yeah. And has fallen to Sarnesh. Because it is like, you go from being the most important man in the universe. What about the Emperor? Matt Ward doesn't give a shit about any other characters but his own. For yeah. a fucking start. Unless the Emperor comes back. In which case, like, how... Can we no. actually get Matt Ward to outboy himself? I don't think so. I think what will happen is the Emperor will be someone else. And then you have someone writing the Emperor and Matt Ward going, my guy has to be better than the Emperor, but I've been told it can't happen. But he There's needs to be better be, than the Emperor. There's, there's going to be a bit where the Emperor gets on his knees and kisses Raboot's hand. And says, you truly are the greatest. <laughs> you are better general than I ever would have been. And then Raboot If only him. you had been around during the heresy, nothing would have happened. Yeah. Oh, wait! Yeah. I'll uh, never I mean, stop making that fucking joke. We, we have some good theories and stuff that we'd like to see from Reboot. Like, there's a whole rewrite of Reboot that we'd love to do that would make him uh, at least a digestible <laughs> character. Reboot's Reboot, if you will. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Kalgar Cal- needs to fall. Yeah, definitely. Fall definitely. to chaos. And that would be really fun and interesting. And then we can have a much better written Star Wars prequel trilogy <laughs> storyline. Can we? <laughs> where Kalgar falls... But also we can have Reboot being kind of indifferent to it. Yeah, because like, Reboot, Reboot care? doesn't really care well, no, about Reboot, No, Reboot does. Reboot cares about everyone intensely. Okay. That's why the Inquisition is bad, because they're mean, and Reboot isn't mean. He yeah, is a fucking how-many-foot-tall super yeah. soldier who crushes things beneath his boots. But people are mean, people that's are bad. Mean. They shouldn't do that. Don't be nasty. Nasty. I was going to say naughty and nasty, but who can... Norky. Don't <laughs> Norky to your neighbours, people. He, Otherwise, you'll make Reboot cry. Just yeah. big pictures of him, like doing baby eyes. Like, mm. Well, that's that's an example of them going. He's better than the Emperor because the Emperor approved of the Inquisition. He went, "That's all fine and dandy." Yeah. So Reboot needs to fall. <laughs> once, once again, we had an episode which was meant to be about something which became complaining about Reboot. God it needs to happen. Damn Someone it! Someone needs to say it. <sighs> That, that leaves us still with having to cover his fucking book and end times. I think that's our two biggest, biggest gripes we have. Yeah, I've pervaded this review. Right? Any? Do you have anything else to add? Any other interesting tidbits? Any other little factoids? There was something. Which god? I don't. Was it the angry one, the fat one, no. the weird one, and the one who makes you uncomfortable? It was another theory. It was another cool theory that we joked about. But what? I can't remember it. Was it the stage plays? No. Oh. I don't know then. On that fascinating note of <laughs> confusion. <laughs> crazy confusion. Yeah. Um, exciting things to come. 
exciting things to come. Because I will remember the theory. I'll bring it back next time. Right. And we're gonna we're gonna take on more law. There's more law coming. There's more bad stuff. I mean, we're almost in October. We're, look, we're just waiting for October right now. We cannot wait for October. Bring October. Kick it off big style. Like, I'm so excited for the new story changes that are going to come, like Gazzy being a prime orc, which Hopefully. may or may not happen. Hope, hoping it does. Hoping it does. Hoping it does. It most likely will. Because they like big models. Big models are good. G-U-D. Good. Good. With food. With food. The Brothers Grimdark, signing off on this podcast.